Welcome to episode 93 of the Misanthropod. I am Snipe, and as always, I am joined by Wib. Say hello. Hello. And I am also joined by the bodacious drummer Matt. Ooh. Say hello. 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 I notice I'm not bodacious. No, you, you're, you're, you're a sex master. Not sure if I prefer that. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're the Tom Savini of sexiness. So Tom Savini. Okay, let's just let's move on. Uh, Matt, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm 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 well. I'm well. I'm recording in an unknown location, so <gasps> oh, he's been kidnapped by the FBI. Drummer Matt is currently recording this podcast from an undisclosed location. <laughs> yeah. It's because he kept giving away all the magician's secrets, and now the magic guild's angry at him. That is definitely what has happened. Yeah. Uh, Snipe, how are you? I'm fine. You're fine. Yeah. Good. Good. How are you? Uh, I am. I'm. Doing as well as I possibly can. Good. Good. <laughs> I don't know why you said it like you were lying, almost as if you're not having a good day. <laughs> and I'm a massive disruptive influence <laughs> in this no, time-sensitive recording. So that's what I was thinking, Drummer Matt. I mean, what it is that it is that thing where I'm just sitting there going, like, I mean, we are going to the cinema straight after recording this, so... Yeah, I'm still mm. in my pyjamas. Yeah. Okay, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll move on to something that we're supposed to be talking about then. Yeah, come, could you get the fuck on with it, please? So, uh, if, if, you're, if you are listening to this, and I hope you are... If you're not, fuck you. Then uh, you'll, you should hopefully know that our Christmas special of uh, Codex Compliant came out. And Ooh, I just want you good. all to know, we're very, very sorry for the joke at the start of it. I'm not. And by sorry, <laughs> I mean we do it again in a heartbeat. <laughs> oh, I don't know what it is yet. Oh, well, let's just say you'll probably quit the podcast and like block us on every form of communication <laughs> afterwards. Well, when we get back from the cinema, I'm going to put the intro, the intro joke up as the preview on Patreon. So you'll be able to see it then and then presumably never talk to us again. Which is fair. Okay, good, good. So what have you been up to then, Habar? Um, well, aside from uh, the thing that a few people were seemingly quite interested to hear, which uh, hear us do on the podcast, which is getting incredibly angry about uh, the UK general election. Oh, yeah. I no. did not read the comments for that one. Uh, the people were fine in that. It was the uh, the thing we put up on the YouTube community that was a bit of a shit show. Every um, time we put something on the YouTube community, there's like the YouTube TM shitheads come out. Oh yeah, it's a whole thing. But I don't want to dwell on it. No, um, but fuck them. But just say, hey, that was a bad result. Mm. Uh, we're we're all very upset about that. I am Won't genuinely frightened for the future and people I care about. Yeah, I uh, yeah. don't really want yep. to spend too much time talking about it on the yep. podcast, though, I mean, because that's just depressing. It is. Very and we are ostensibly supposed to be a fun podcast. Um, I know that sometimes we don't adhere to that, but we try. We try. We try. Um, so aside from, from that stuff... From the horror... Uh, from living in a hell world, I have been playing a game that is also based in a hell world. Oh, good. Uh, which is, I have been playing Fallout New Vegas. Did you pause for dramatic effect? 
Uh, a little bit, yeah. Okay, cool. I uh, was uh, what wasn't just yeah. I forgot the yeah. name. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely like because that? you're too professional, not unprofessional. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You yeah. see, I have a weird, uh, I have a weird relationship with the Fallout games. I've never really played the old old ones. Mm, no uh, one did. It's fine. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> I play. I, I played three, and I played New Vegas, and I played a bit of four. And honestly, I don't care about them at all. I'm not interested in the Fallout series. And anytime there's like a, an unpopular opinion thread on Reddit, mm. I'll comment. It's like, oh, what's your unpopular gaming opinion? And I'm like, well, I just don't like Fallout. And then I'll get downvoted. Even yeah, everyone it's a will tell you that you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, and then everyone tells me that I'm wrong. And I'm like, it's, it's an, an unpopular <laughs> opinion <laughs> <It's> thread. Like... <laughs> Not a convince me that my opinions are apparently not as valid as yours thread. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, so I came at the Fallout series from a very similar position as Snipe. I hadn't played the original ones um, because I didn't have a computer at the time, but I did play three when it came out. Uh, Well, a little bit after it came out. I believe you lent it to me, Matt, actually. Oh, cool. On on PlayStation Three because we did buy it for PC, but then it just didn't work, and we could mm, never get yeah. it to work. And yeah, then we had to upgrade our OS twice. Yeah, and then it did for a little bit for, a bit for long enough to record a video, and then never worked again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really didn't like Three. Just it no. felt bad to play. I didn't get engaged with the story. I just really, really didn't like it. Um, and New Vegas, when you start playing the first like hour of it just feels like more Fallout 3 so I never really gave it a chance uh, because I just kind of was like well this is the same you know it, it's the same as that game I just don't like okay fair enough I played I, I beat Fallout 4 um, which whilst I can acknowledge that it's writing's not good and there are a lot of elements that are scaled back I think that the the fact that it's gunplay feels like it's a video game from before the year 2000 (laughs) meant that I was able to get through the, I was able to kind of like sit with it for long enough to like enjoy it and kind of get into the fallout experience. And I've not played uh, 76 because obvious reasons. Yeah. But I, I've, I've seen a handful of people talking about new Vegas and talking about its writing and how well it's kind of put together. Well, not how well it's put together, but how well it tells its story uh, it's not a very well put together game because uh, it was rushed as far as I'm aware and just falls apart at the slightest um, hint of a problem. But it eventually kind of made me think, you know what, I should give it another chance. So the final straw was a video by um, a YouTuber called Curio who makes some very interesting videos um, about like media analysis from sort of a lefty perspective. It's interesting to, interesting to watch and that's sort of what finally made me go, okay, fuck it, I'm finally going to try and uh, and get through. Uh, New Vegas, and getting over the initial jank and the fact that the combat is still the terrible combat from Fallout Three, I'm actually really enjoying it. Like, okay, it, I, I think it might also help that I um, was it earlier this year that I played through the whole of um, Vampire the Masquerade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was this year. Yeah, so <laughs> I reference it in one of my painting love videos. So it must be this year. <laughs> um, and I really enjoy, and I really enjoyed that despite its um, problems. And I th- I think that has sort of helped me a bit of, of getting me into the right mindset to play through some of these old games where the mechanics are very janky, but the writing and the, the general things that you're doing are interesting enough to push through it. 
Um, so I'm, I've currently just got onto the strip in New Vegas itself, which if you're a New Vegas player, you know, is not like something that just happens straight away. You have to actually play through like a good 10 or so hours of the game to get there. So, yeah, I, I am I am enjoying it. I've barely met the Legion so far who, you know... Ah, oh, the fash. They are literally fascists, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um... And Not in the way that, you know, they took the word Christmas off their coffee cups or anything. Like, <laughs> no. an act, like actual fashion. Yeah, no, they are. Uh, and, and yeah, um, I, I am really enjoying just the, the quality of, like, the just the interesting bits of writing of, like, people you'll encounter. And, like, you actually want to speak to people because they have interesting backstories. And you're like, okay, that's really cool. Like, because um, I was talking to you tonight earlier, oh, I'll say earlier, a couple of days ago. Yeah, about, you didn't speak to me for like two days. It was really weird. Yeah, it's been really... I, I basically save up speaking to you for several days before the yeah. podcast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I still talk to you, but that's... I just ignore it. Yeah. <laughs> but I... So I I described this I described this to you of like... So there's one thing I've noticed about Western sort of RPGs is those like quest chains that are like a Russian nesting doll. Mm-hmm. Um, where you do a thing to do a thing to do a thing to do a thing to do a thing. That they do happen in RPGs like like JRPGs and stuff as well. But yeah, I, I, I find that's them, just like the RPG thing. I find them very prone in Western RPGs personally. It's like a quest egg. It, a quest egg. Mm. Okay. Okay. You gotta Why do, is it a quest egg? Because you got to do them to set up your nest egg. <laughs> that was that was an interesting variant on a pun. Where it wasn't a pun. It was, it was a pun. It was wordplay with no basis. Just like your face. Says. Mm. Facist. Okay, I'm going to carry on with what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's probably yeah. good. Yeah, that's probably wise. Yeah. Um, so, uh, like, I did a quest where... Um, I, I, I don't mind spoiling a quest chain because the game's from nearly ten years ago, I believe. Oh, fuck off. Um, so it's probably fine. <sighs> But there's a, you get to a town, which you get there because you're trying to chase the guy who shoots you in the head in the intro. The guy with the fancy coat called Benny. Oh, he's fancy. I hate him already. Uh, yeah, he's a dickhead. Um, but he shot you. And you're trying to chase him down. And you end up going... You were told that he went through a village, so you end up going to that village. And they tell you that there is a nearby rocket factory, like an old rocket factory, that's inhabited by ghouls, who are the... Like, like feral ghouls, the, the like people who are... Melted. Melted by radio, radio, radiation poisoning, and some of them go feral and become mindless zombies, basically. Uh, so loads of ghouls have, are like fully compensated, and they live for fucking ever, basically. Um, but yeah, so I go to this place, and it, there's feral ghouls outside, and I shoot a bunch of them, and then I notice there's like these super mutant corpses knocking around, and a bunch of ghouls wearing religious garb. Mm. Um, all carrying like plasma weapons and I go in and I hear a ghoul's voice saying like oh uh, come up the stairs and come uh, and, and come meet me uh, but watch out um, for the things here and you go through gradually taking out more more um, feral ghouls and you go up to the top and you find a guy who thinks he's a ghoul but he's actually just a dude Oh, okay. uh, basically, uh, you find out that he thought he was a ghoul because he was because he was placed working in a on a nuclear reactor and his hair fell out, so he thought he was a ghoul. He just went bald, but he thought he was a ghoul. Okay. Um, but there are actual ghouls there uh, who have got this like religious um, quest to go to the promised land, 
uh, which they're going to go in some rockets, which they can survive going through like the radioactive areas because ghouls, you know, fine with radiation. Um, so their stuff is in the basement and it's been taken over by these super mutants. So you're like, okay, so you've gone there, you pick up then a quest to go and clear out these super mutants who are invisible. Oh, good. So you okay. go down underneath, you take out a few of those, you meet their leader who tells you that the reason they came here was because there was a shipment of stealth boys that they heard about, which is what makes them invisible. And if you can get into a room where a ghoul has holed himself up with a rifle who's killing anyone who enters, if you can get in there and get him out, then they'll leave. So they'll leave the basement alone. So that's another quest. So you go along and you go to this guy and he's like, oh, oh, you're a human. Okay, I was going to shoot you. Um, and you say, look, will can, can, can you just leave? Like, they'll let you go. And he's like... I will when I make sure that my, you know, one of my companions, what happened to them because they ran off further into the, the basement. I need to know what happened to them. So then you go back further on into the basement, you find their corpse, come back up, you tell him to go, he goes, he goes, he tells super mutants that it's all clear, so they go in, you go to the, um, you go to the ghouls, they go, okay, we can go back downstairs, you go to the village and tell them it's sorted. There you go. Like, that's, f- like, four quests deep. <laughs> and that's just, like, how some of these quests roll. And, like, this isn't new to this Why game or anything. Why can't you just but... go shoot 40 rats? <laughs> I, I don't know. Like I'm... a goddamn honest RPG. <laughs> and, of course, there's things you can do to make it different. Like, you can just kill all the ghouls or oh, kill no, all the yeah. super mutants. Like, there's there's different ways of doing it if you can't be arsed or you want to just play a dickhead for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I quite like that kind of style of doing it where it... Because it gets you kind of invested in the individual things. It's not mm, just yeah. get. It's not just kill forty orcs. You know, it's okay. These have a reason to be here, and you can get rid of them by doing this, and that leads you to another thing, which leads you to another thing, which leads you to another thing. And of course, that also spins off into a thing of getting the resources to fuel the rockets to send to send those ghouls off. Whilst flight of the Valkyries plays, if I remember rightly. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and yeah, and, and like, and I'm just really enjoying that that kind of style of like, even like half the quests have nothing to do with like fighting or what have you. But that's like half the fun of an RPG is kind of like doing that and figuring out alternate routes to complete quests. And, yeah, and like, and oh, I can, like I've got high speech, so I can mm. just convince them to stand down. Or yeah, it's what like have Divinity you. Original Sin Two is a bit like that. There's, there's, usually there's a, there's like a few ways to come out of quest. You can just go in and kill everyone. If you're a dick, <laughs> but yeah, um, but yeah, I've been. Ha- you can like turn people in yeah. and just be a total asshole. But yeah, I've been having having a lot of fun with it. Uh, the combat is still fucking dog shit, but you kind of just adjust to it. It's an older game. Um, I think it. I, I wonder if it feels worse on PC than it does because y- you played those Fallout games on PS3, didn't you? Yeah, man? yeah. And with a controller, it was sort of like, it was okay. I, well, I didn't really notice it being particularly bad at the time. Mm. With a mouse and keyboard, it becomes very apparent yeah, how bad it I is. Bet. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Because you're expecting, and, with a mouse and keyboard, you're expecting, like, good shooting, because it should yeah. be. Whereas when you're using joysticks to do it, it's like, it's always going to be a bit bad. So the fact that it is a bit worse than a bit bad, it's you don't notice, because it's covered up by it being bad inherently. I guess. Yeah. If that yeah. makes any sense. No, totally, totally. Um, the game is janky as fuck. Like the animations, like the amount of times you'll see a character stuck behind a minor bit of terrain, walking into it endlessly whilst their legs <laughs> freak out. <laughs> to be fair, that happens to me like at least twice oh, a week. Yeah. So it, it's, it suffers from the standard Bethesda problems. Although in my time playing it, which is over 10 hours at this point, 
I have only had the game crash on me once, which I think means I might be video game Jesus. <laughs> nice. Um, because from what I understand, most most people have it crash four to five times in the intro area of the game. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, so having fun with that. Um, but that's all I've really been doing. So obviously, loads of work going into um, doing the latest video and various other things we've been up to. And now I, I know I'm just waiting until I have a spare moment, like once all the Christmas stuff is done, so that I can play Disco Elysium. Uh, the plasma gifted yeah, to us because he's a naughty yeah. dude, but he's a very <laughs> nice dude. Because that's an RPG like detective game. Oh shit! Really? That sounds fucking fantastic, yeah. and I just want to play it all the time now, but I can't because I'm. Yeah. Recording a podcast, and we're going to go and watch Return of Skywalker. Right, not Return of Skywalker, Rise of Skywalker. Return of the Skywalking, Return yeah. of Star Killer. <laughs> it would have been nice if we could have talked about that brand new movie that everyone's talking about in the podcast that's going to be nearby its release. Yeah, but like that's not very on brand, is it? Come on, no, no, it's not. this is very true. And you've got homework to go and watch it for next time. So yeah. Yeah, so we can all talk about. I assume we'll do what we did with um, like a spoiler cast kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, we'll do what we did with uh, Endgame, where we'll put any talk about it at the end of the game <laughs> at so. the end of the end of the next podcast. So if you want to hear about that stuff, then we we'll can get just, all the questions and everything yeah. out of the way. Yeah, and yeah. Then just so Make it, sure to subscribe so you know when that episode comes out. Yeah, <laughs> like comment, subscribe. <laughs> that was weird for you to be doing that, dude. I know. I don't think I've ever done that before. You have dignity. What's wrong? <laughs> oh, one other thing to mention. Um, yesterday, when we we're recording this, anyway, um, we went to our, our friend's wedding. Yes. Um, so, just want to say a big congratulations to Unity and Sin, who you'll have no doubt seen in if you've into in our streams and stuff. You might have seen them in stream chat. And stuff. Um, big, big congratulations to them because uh, yes, they had a lovely little wedding, yeah. and we were there. Oh yeah, it sounds it was very lovely. nice. Congrats, it, everyone involved. Yeah, <laughs> it was very, very lovely. Um, but yeah, with all that said, uh, Snipe, yeah. what what have you been up to mm, that I can talk about? That you are legally allowed to talk about by the government? Yes. Well, I'm not allowed to talk about much because the government doesn't like me, but F the government, quite frankly. Heck the government, yes. Heck the government. Yeah. You can quote me on that. I won a painting competition at our oh, local cool. games workshop. Oh, yes, well you did. Thank you. I'm ah. still not... I still haven't really processed it. <laughs> so it was like a... It was called Mortal Heroes, and you basically just pick a uh, a model from AOS... And just the one that you like and painted up. Yeah, I think you, you went into this stuff like last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I picked a Harbinger of Decay because it's a really cool model and Nurgle stuff is really fun to paint. Hmm. And yeah, they drew that yesterday and we popped in and I was just like, oh, because there was like a bunch of other people. So like, and half of them have been taken home because the end of the competition. All the votes have been cast. And I was like, oh, wow, who won? And the guy behind the counter just basically just held out his hand for me to shake. And he was like, congratulations. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? 
Dad. Huh? Huh? Yeah, huh? Wow. That's similar to when I when I won the competition yeah. last year there, <laughs> and they were like, and I was like, oh, who won? And they're like, oh, oh it was some bloke called Matt Ward. I was like, oh, that's me. I literally pointed at him and went, him. <laughs> wow. So they... we can we can now say award winning snipe and whip, referring yes. to both yeah. of you. We are both technically that's... award-winning painters. Yeah. Oh, that's... Also, yeah, awesome. What's really funny is that the people at the local GW didn't say it and kept it under wraps for a while. I think I think one of the guys accidentally came out with it, where in the in the first competition we entered, I came second, <laughs> and Wib won. So they were like, they were like, oh, we don't want to, we don't want to tell them that that, 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 like, that she came second because that, ooh. and then yeah, one of the guys just slipped out with it, and I was like, wait, what? And he was like, yeah, we didn't want to tell you <laughs> because it seemed a it's bit a awkward. bit awkward. And I was like, oh, no, I'm really happy. I thought I came like last or something. But yeah, so I got a little golden gobbo. Yeah, what our local uh, GW does um, is they do when they do these little painting challenge competition things is they award you if you win a night goblin that's been sprayed gold i'm talking um, four dice a top well it's eight dice really oh my goodness you're right i just had to count them <laughs> yes oh, <laughs> i know twice the dice uh, but yeah it's on, on a little, little plinth of dice yeah um, which they eight have as dice. yes which they uh, refer to as the golden gobbo um so now we both have one Yours so, yeah. has black dice and mine has white dice, so we can tell them apart. That's very, I'm very glad because it's the same model. On top. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so so that that's really that's really fun. Yeah, that's um, the first like competition I've entered on my own mm. to do like my first like solo painting competition. Apparently, it was close, which is like super exciting. So who, was, who chooses who wins? Is it the staff? It's just people who work oh, there and the um like just people who come in. Okay. Yeah, everyone, everyone like casts a vote. Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. So that everyone gets like a vote, and then they pop it in, and yeah. So, so that was really nice. It, yeah, it was quite. There was like, I think the the one that nearly nearly beat me was an Ossiarch model on the back of it. The, the one that every time they tried to open the cabinet, it would just freak the fuck out because it was so large. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was. The base was the exact size, exact width of the cabinet. So every time they okay. moved it, it rotated. Yeah, like, like along with the and, door. And like every time someone would open it, they'd be like, Ugh! "Okay," because like I went in yesterday, and the guy got it out, and like very very carefully. And then I was like, "Wait, I have no means of getting him home." And then he was like, <sighs> "I open it again," like, <laughs> and then just snuck him in there. I went in today, cheeky bastard works there I'm, i say that in a friendly way mm. i go i go i go in and he's like hey what can i do you for and i'm like i'm here to pick up my son <laughs> and he stops for a second and he goes and i kind of gesture to the cabinet and he goes oh yeah definite family resemblance it's like yeah i was really sick <laughs> and then he just didn't know what to say because <laughs> funny thing i literally I got that home, and when I started painting it, I contracted the norovirus. Oh, yeah. Yes. How are you doing with all the whole dying thing? The moment I handed it in, I was fine. <laughs> so this model did literally give you Nurgle's rot. Yeah. I, yeah no, I'm, I'm a method painter. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like a method act. I went and licked a bunch of, like, handrails in town or something. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no. Uh, I'm, I'm better now. But, Christ, it was like... Because it's not just, like... 
it's not just like, oh yeah, it's two days and then like, you know, then you need to kind of not hang around people for a while, for like two days after you've stopped being sick because you're still very contagious. It's like two day, like it's like three days you feel fucking horrible. Then another four days of like muscle cramps from throwing up so much. Ooh. Yes, if you don't know, the norovirus is often known as the winter vomiting bug. Yeah, not a clever name. <laughs> it is not a clever name. I literally woke up at four a.m. and just projectile vomited all over my fucking body. And it is it is so contagious that after uh, that basically after you got it, Longfang and his entire family got it yeah. straight afterwards through the internet, presumably. Yeah, and you <laughs> are fine. You didn't get it at all. Yeah, apparently my immune system's fucking amazing. I but mean, also I'm glad. you are a carrier, so you also weren't allowed to see anyone. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm also, uh, as the as the podcast suggests, a misanthrope, so that wasn't an issue. Oh yeah, yeah, fair point. <laughs> But yeah, I'm better now. Um, <laughs> good, good. And the only other thing I've been playing, because I've been swamped lately with like commissions and like just channel stuff and just existing and just being a person with mental illness. So I've basically just been playing so much of The Sims and they have <laughs> a sale on now for expansions and I'm oh, no. really resisting. Oh no. <laughs> yes. Apart from all that, I played some Unreal, like the original Unreal. Yeah, we played it on, on the stream. stream yesterday. Ah, when when's that from? Oh, ninety eight. It sort because it was sort of the. I love that game. Ooh, is it a bit so. a bit later? Because I know it was like. I think it's um, like maybe it's around like late nineties, like ninety eight, ninety nine. I think you're gonna Google it. I, I'm just gonna Google it. 19, Nin- yeah, May twenty second, nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, it's uh, I I played a lot of it as a kid, but the thing is, I never really played much of the story mode because it was terrifying. <laughs> it's like there's a scene in it where you have to go and turn off power, and now the thing about Unreal is, it at the time was benchmark. It was phenomenally beautiful. Yeah, just to put it in context how good Unreal looked at the time, they didn't use promotional artwork for the cover of the game. They didn't use, like, painted art or anything like that. They just used some of the in-game models because they were... in-game screenshots, basically. they were that confident in how good it looked. They had fantastic lighting. Mm. It looked beautiful. It was it was unreal. It was really yeah. amazing. Like it looks like it looks like a papercraft nightmare by modern standards. Oh yeah, but, but at the time uh, <laughs> it was it was literally just earth shaking yeah. amazing. And uh, honestly, I I think there's something quite uh, um, f- engaging about that era of 3D, like when put on like modern kind of systems and running in 1080 and stuff. Mm. I think there's something mm. like quite smooth and clean about the way those things look yeah no there is it's good it's just good and yeah like i never really played story mode because like the one fantastic reason why i started talking about how good it looked is so there's a part where you walk down this corridor and you have to turn off the power so you can get somewhere else and you kind of wander wander back and you hear like this huge like rumble and then you hear the distant sound of big lights just snapping off. You know the <laughs> kind of like if like you know like the big hefty like floodlights how they make a noise when you turn them off. Mm. And you start hearing that getting closer and you look down you turn the corner, you look down this corridor and the lights 
coming towards you are all going out one after the other. <laughs> the music at this point has stopped. You are locked into this corridor because a couple of like guardrails have been risen. And it's completely silent. And you stand there in the dark for like maybe four or five seconds just being like, uh... Then you hear one of the aliens make like this... The, you know, like the activation, aha, I've seen you noise mm. that like enemies did in that time. And you see it fire a couple of energy weapons at you, which light up the area of pitch dark. Phenomenally directed. Beautiful. Mm. Very, very cool. Because that's your introduction to the Scarge's enemies, isn't that, it? That's, yeah, yeah. That's like one of them. Because you, you fight brutes before and like... The first time oh, you... but I meant the the, the scourge. Yeah, yeah. scourge. But the first like time the... you see the scourge um, is you are waiting for a door to open on your ship, and you hear like a bunch of screaming and struggling, and then just like like mm. giblets flying everywhere. <laughs> the, then the door raises finally, and you just see like the sh- like like a scourge model just disappear around the corner. Uh, okay, yeah. It's like really quick and you're like wait what the fuck yeah, was but that? But I meant this is that when but you But this first is the first time you like fight yeah, one. This I is where you actually yeah. interact with one. Yeah. yeah that's what and I meant. it's yeah. it is terrifying. It is so scary. Mm. And I don't think I really ever got further than that mm-hmm. when I was little. So I just played the like bot matches, which were mm. fantastic. Well, I mean, that's what Unreal's legacy really became, was yeah. rather than this, the multiplayer was so yeah, good. Was it eventually spun off into Unreal Tournament, and that's mm-hmm. that's the Unreal everyone remembers, you know. Ooh. No, ain't no one remembers Unreal Two: The Awakening, <laughs> I or the DLC <laughs> for the first one, where they just had some random guy in a garage being like, "Yeah." So oh, shit, I, yeah. I managed to get out of, of the planet Nepali. And he's just like a teenage boy. It's, the, it's like the cheapest, shittiest expansion. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Everyone politely forgets that exists <laughs> with good reason. <laughs> but yeah, playing that was like so nostalgic for me. And yeah, it still holds up. It's a, it's a It suffers from a lot of the 90s FPS problems of just being a bit of a maze. Yeah, yeah. It's but, like you know, it's like playing Doom Two uh, in the ugh, city levels, and you just like everything looks kind of the same. Where do I go? It's horrible. I hate it. But yeah, can recommend if you're interested. It's usually on sale for like a couple of quid on real gold, that kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, can recommend. But yeah, that's apart from like just everything else. That's all I've been up to. Yeah, no worries. Hmm. Drumba Butch. Hello. What has you been up to, my friend? I may have bought a Switch. Oh, <gasps> yeah. Well, Christmas present it, to yourself. It was, yeah. It was, it was inevitable. It was going to happen at some point. <laughs> yeah. Have you got Pokemon? Let's so, go. No. So or I've Sword got. Shield? So I bought. No, I've got no Pokemon games yet. So I bought. I bought a Switch Lite because. Um. That's the one was, where you don't need the TV, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, you, well, no, you can't. It's just a Game Boy, basically. You can't oh. disconnect the controllers and you can't plug it into your telly. But I was like, well, for most games, I only want it for like a couple of like the Zelda and Pokemon and a few things that I can't get on my PC and then all of the gaming I've been doing on my PC so I was like and it was like a hundred quid cheaper and I was like well mm, I can just I can justify getting one at all if I get the cheap one and I can't quite if I get the expensive one yeah so I think it was like 210 pounds I think I paid for a Switch Lite and Zelda Breath of the Wild which nice. I don't think is too hmm. bad really I mean have yeah. you encountered Shark Husband yet? So, well, I mean, so, yeah, Zelda was the first game I played on it, and it's, like, meant... It, 
it's like 50 quid new still. Like, Switch games have not dropped in price. Nintendo and yet, games can, yeah, never really right? drop in price. Like, you can garbage. get it for less than that if you keep an eye out on various places. Uh, but the, like, still RRP standard price for it is like 50 odd quid. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And it's just like, oh, what? But anyway, so yeah, I've been playing that a bit. And yeah, Zelda is very... You know what? You, have you heard anyone talk about it? And you can just be like, they're saying, oh, you know, you can just, you kind of do anything or go where you want or that sort of thing. I was like, well, yeah, but that's like, you know, most RPG games. <laughs> but it does just feel beautiful to play. Like you just run somewhere and then you get near a cliff and you just start climbing it without really thinking <laughs> about it. And it's just, it's like hard to explain how intuitive it is. It's yeah. It's really. I was just like wandering around, and then I found myself like climbing up this cliff somewhere, going somewhere random. I was like, "Wait, how did I get up here? What what's happening?" <laughs> yeah. No, that sounds really cool. But... I've not had, I've not had much. I don't have too much to say about it. I'm sure I will give you more feedback. Well, after I've I've done like the first couple of dungeons, which are like, or um, they are called dungeons, aren't they? In Zelda, yeah. it's been it's been a while since I played a Zelda game. <laughs> I think the last one I played was. Um, Link's Awakening on the Game Boy Color. So, <laughs> last one I played uh, was. Oh no, um, I did play very. Tem- I played bits of Twilight Princess actually on the yeah. GameCube. I think Cube. last one I played was like Majora's Mask. Yeah, I think that's that. I think that's the latest Zelda <laughs> game I've played as yeah. well. <laughs> I played the first one and Majora's Mask, and I didn't play Majora's Mask for very long. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I will have more feedback on this. I'm so- sure next time. But until then, I got distracted by a game that I bought on the Nintendo eStore for 89p called Mini Trains. And it's the best. <laughs> that is so you. I bought this game that's usually 50 quid and it's really beautiful and it's amazing. Anyway, I've been playing this 89p one. Yeah. Like this, this shovel it's way like, fucking game. Yeah, basically. It's like you, are, you know what you are? You are a cat or a budgie. You are a, 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 a very smart bird. That you buy a big expensive bird toy for, and then he sits there and just attacks the box all day. Yeah. Drama right. is a silly bird. I am, because Mini Train is great. I don't know, I have no idea if it's out on anything else. Um, I was expecting you to get a, twi- uh, a Twitch, a, a Switch, and then just be like, nah, this ball in a cup is what's <laughs> on. Ooh, yeah, get that ball in the cup. <laughs> I can just see you doing that so hard. Or maybe playing jumping jacks. Yeah. Let, let Matthew talk about the mini trains. No. Mini trains is great. Mini trains is, um, you get like a view of like a um, a board where you're basically making like a nice um, train set. And you just have like, there's loads of different I'm like levels. And you just <laughs> basically have interested. like, the very start level, there's basically like somewhere on the board, there's a train station and there's a bunch of stars of the colour of the train and you basically just have to lay track so the train leaves the station collects the stars and then goes back to the station okay and then... so i need to have a very quick interjection here so i can just present this observation this nay this yep. this moment of clarity i've just had you know the episode of brooklyn 99 where holt and terry yep. have like a train off yeah wibis holt your terry uh I don't know. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I could be both of those people in that situation. I would say. I think honestly, in... we're both. We're both probably. I think we both want to be Terry, but we're more Holt than we want to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, what yeah, that's I mean. very true. Yeah, that's. And yeah. like, I just feel like I'm watching this unfold and being like, <laughs> "You literally have video games. Why are you? Do, why are you playing?" I, I, I literally <laughs> said to you like a few days ago. I said basically, this is a warning for you as my as my wife that I reckon I've got maybe. 
15, maybe 20 years before I can fight it no longer and I just have a big train set and that's just what I pull <laughs> my life into. We already have <laughs> so much Warhammer that is so much more interesting and like trains don't have lore. They can do. If you write in and tell me that trains have lore, <laughs> I will fucking find you. I mean, one could say that um, trains being real life things have history, which is the real life equivalent okay. of lore. Okay, <laughs> you say that, but my brain the other day, I was reading the nutritional information on the back of a drink and I went, oh, food lore. Yes, yes, you did. And we were hoping that that would be forgotten, <laughs> would be lost to time. But drink, there's drinky lore. L-O-R-E. Yeah, it's going to start getting angry about the social justice warriors infiltrating my fruit juice. Matthew, (laughs) talk about the trains. Okay. Well, the trains, I mean, there's not really much else to say to you. It's kind of like, apart from it doesn't have, like, you know, um, buying, like, train books or anything. It's kind of just a really basic mobile game. It probably does exist on phones, I'm fairly sure. It does sound Um, a little bit like Mini Metro. Yeah, apart from it's like, it's 3D views of model trains. It's like explicitly model trains, not Mm. real trains, which somehow makes it different. But yeah, it's a similar sort of thing, but you'd have to, you end up, yeah, you start with, you know, one station, one star, but you end up by the end, there's like three different stations, all of the trains are different colours, and you have to get them going on the same track, but without crashing into each other's, and you've got, you can put in like points, so you'll have one going one way, and at the last minute it swerves off to not collide, and... Yeah, it's a very satisfying game for 89p or whatever I paid for it. <laughs> so yeah, I appreciate that the Switch has more involved and actually has games. games. The Switch has um, good games, but I'm playing this but one. So far, I've nearly finished. I've got like two levels left and I'm done with it. So <laughs> <laughs> Then I might play the game that's technically worth 50 quid. To... <laughs> yeah, I think this, right. might, this might be the absolute perfect way to describe your, like, <laughs> video game sort of attitude. This is a perfect dichotomy. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. And then, yeah, next <laughs> next on my list is... The thing is, next, I don't know, because there's, like, I want to play Pokemon Let's Go. Because yes. I want to have see the interaction between Pokemon Go. I want to get, like, a Meltdown and things and do all the things that you can kind of do by linking them up. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I want to play Pokemon Sh- Sword and or Shield. Yeah, whatever was Glaswegian. But I don't know, like, which one to get first, and whether if I play one, I'll be disappointed by the other, or if they're different enough that I can justify buying both. Or I don't really know. And I know they are very. I know they're very different games. Yeah. Well, isn't Sword and Shield like a, just a fully blown? Yeah. That, that's just the ne- next Pokemon game. Yeah. Whereas Let's Go, Let's Go is just Pokemon Go Plus. It's a, it's a remake basically. of Yellow, but with the mechanics of Pokemon Go, I think. Mm. Seemingly. Yeah, and you, you can have like an Eevee follow you around, I think. Yeah. Oh, I, did, I did play the demo for it, and I played the um, Let's Go Pikachu version. And it's mm. when you get, because you do have like battles, do you? so you catch Pokemon like you do in Pokemon Go. You don't fight them, you just throw balls at them. Yeah. But mm. then you do have, like, when you walk into someone's line of sight, you do get into a battle with them and do you have your moves and things the same, sit closer to the classic Pokemons. Yeah. Okay. So you do have that. Um, but when you start off, instead of having because po- you, like your Pikachu is just like following you around, when you start off, it just like jumps off your shoulder and things into the fight rather than like throwing a ball and things. Which is like, oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. It's like you're actually his friend rather than keeping him in locked up in your Poke prison. Your Poke prison. <laughs> so yeah, I did play the demo for for Let's mm. Go Pikachu. I have heard that, that it sounds like Sword and Shield is a lot more in depth. So yeah, you might, so I kind might of... enjoy that better. 
I think yeah, that'd probably be a better value for you. It will, yeah. but I think if I play that one first, I'm not going to want to go back to play <laughs> Let's Go because I'm just, it's going to be a bit disappointing. Whereas if I sort of build myself up, it might I might be yeah. able to like enjoy both of them. You know, you know what yeah. I mean. Basically, it depends on exactly how much do you want a meltdown in Pokemon Go, doesn't it? I mean, quite a lot. <laughs> really? Are they even <laughs> that kind good? of? I don't even know, but I want one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can you have like a buddy system in Pokemon Go now where your your po- your Poke buddy will literally like if you feed it three times it'll follow you around on the map for like a couple of hours. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, but, it, I saw, but like, they also somebody... introduced they introduced a bug where you can't search for one star or two star Pokemon in your Poke thingy anymore. So really? like, yeah, mine, mine's working fine. I know that they... doesn't help you in any way. But... <laughs> it's a it's a known bug that they're apparently going to fix. But I was um... like, ugh, this is the worst. And I can't like batch send things off to the blender. Have <laughs> 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 to like individually select Pokemon and send them off. <laughs> God, when will they build your statue? <laughs> but yeah, well, does it help if I say that I'll buy like Pokemon Let's Go and then let you get use it to help get the Meltans? So it's like, okay, will fine, you then get give me permission one. to buy it. And yeah, that'll then... be fine. I'll wait until after Christmas and there might be a good sale on or something and I'll get it. There's Nintendo a really good games di- have barely ever on sale. I know. There's like, they were advertising like, as of like yesterday, as of recording, they had like a um, giant Christmas massive sale it was like 700 games on sale for up to 80 percent off and obviously it's none of the fo- first party nintendo games or anything it's just like all yeah. of the like shit it's... games such as mini trains <laughs> like... yeah like 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 real trains or whatever <laughs> yeah so i was like i was hoping for a bit of a discount they're like no of course it's nintendo no they just yeah nintendo for some reason get a free pass with that but shit, like but... it is a sign that their games are good enough that people like put up with it which is I guess. Uh, oh yeah, thing. I mean to be fair, like Suppose. Nintendo as a company, um oh, shit. Ha- they have their moments of being utterly appalling. Um Yeah. Yeah. But the one thing that kind of separates them from a lot of other developers is that their general quality is always pretty high. Mm. It's very there's it's very rare that there's actually a bad first party Nintendo game. The yeah. last one I can think of was Star Fox Zero. Um, but like the main, like mainline Mario and Zelda games, they're they're always very well made, and they always they don't seem to age as well as I think probably because they never go for like the cutting edge ridiculous graphics. Yeah, where well, it's the, the cartoony thing do. where like the more like um, caricature something is the like like the better it looks for longer. Like you know, yeah, TF two right. still looks good. Oh, it's yeah. why the, like the only Zelda game that looks really old now is Twilight Princess because it's the one that looks. Like more realistic, yeah. It's the one that looks the, that's given the grittiest kind of look. Mm. But that's kind of in, a Nintendo thing. They've always kind of preferred to do things that are not on the cutting edge. Of be more, we're gonna like have the technology that's already been perfected, and we're gonna keep doing it and do it really well. I it's mean, like, they can fit so much more in if they're they're not like attributing so much like disc disc space and whatnot to just the way things look. Yeah, it's. Yeah, they're like again, Nintendo is a company. Like it's fucking big companies are all terrible. Yeah, but um, <laughs> but you know they they do put out good quality video games. Yeah, and that's that's not a controversial statement. So yeah, those are the two games I've been playing so far. I will probably, as of next recording, have more, <laughs> and I might have moved on from trains. <laughs> I mean, can you ever move on from trains? Well, I might have temporarily paused playing trains. That's, that's probably <laughs> to more record a podcast. <laughs> Are you playing it right now? I am not, but it is close by. I could. <laughs> yeah, I am not, but I'm thinking about it. 
Um, the other thing I did in the last fortnight is I went to the cinema and I saw Knives Out. Oh, yes. It's... <laughs> That is exactly the same reaction. I think a lot of people know about it and then forget instantly. And then when you say, oh, it's the ones, it, it's like a whodunit Agatha Christie style thing. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, I did see that advert and then instantly forgot about it. I don't even know what this is. I haven't even seen the advert. I have okay. never seen an advert for it, but I've heard it's quite good. Yeah, so it's a um, sort Christie. of like, well, it's not Agatha Christie, but that's, it's you know, like a murder mystery whodunit. There's like a detective and a you know, people in an old house and one of them dies and then they're trying to work out who of them are and they've all got various alibis but also oh, so motives. It's like it's like Cluedo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, at one, it's very self-aware. At one point, one of the police people, because there's two police people to her originally and then the, like, private detective type person, the, like, Poirot-esque character. And it's very self-aware because one of the cops is just like, they're even in love, it, it is just straight out of Clue because they're in this giant, ridiculous house. So they, <laughs> they it's, like, very self-aware and it's, but not in an annoying way. I oh. I thought it was my straight up thoughts. I thought it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Okay, it's got well. a good cast. It's got like um, the main detective is um, Daniel Craig. Okay. Oh, cool. His character okay. is from Kentucky, and I have no idea if it's a good Kentucky accent because I, I <laughs> it probably won't it probably be. won't be. But it was a lot very... of people who do like Southern American accents. Are, yeah. Like, really like. Yeah. Oh, howdy, y'all! Yeah, I'm, prob- I'm 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 sure it's terrible. So apologies if you're from there. But it what, was for very the accent sat- or just no 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 there? if I no 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 if you're from there it probably offends you greatly and yeah but to listen to as knowing no, no better it's a very satisfying accent to listen to <laughs> to hear the sort of character like... whose job is like to explain things in this amazing drawl it's just like oh I could listen to him I could just listen to a podcast of Daniel Craig talking in Kentucky for a long time <laughs> talking you mean. Just say, just say, cowboy. <laughs> just say Turns as, as cowboy. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It's not quite cowboy though. It's like subtly different. Anyway, this, as, that is as the Kentucky point of the film. Daniel Craig awoken something in you. Yeah, well, most definitely. Oh, <laughs> very. Okay. Um, and it's got another. That, I can't, who else is in the cast? Um, Captain America, uh, Chris Evans. Is this the um, one with he's... the phenomenal running form? Yes, he does have phenomenal running form. Um, is this the movie where he's wearing like a a really big fishing cardigan for most of it? That yeah. sounds adorable. I did, I, or am I, I thinking of another movie? That's America's that. jumper. Um, Were you too busy staring at Kentucky, hey, um, Chris, Kentucky Craig? I think I might have been. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's good. It's like it's it's self aware enough that it's not it's not just a straight up like old school murder mystery thing. It does do things differently, but it doesn't like try hard to be special and individual and a bit weird it sort of gets the balance between being self-aware enough to be different but not being too ridiculous or too annoying about it and i I personally i think it strikes the balance really well and i really enjoyed it excellent it's not something that you'd have to like it's not a spec like i saw at the cinema but you don't have to see it at the cinema like it would it wouldn't really be any worse just watching it when it inevitably comes out on netflix or whatever like mm. you don't need to see it on a big screen, but I do recommend seeing it at some point because yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was yeah clever enough. I didn't quite see what was happening the whole way through, which is always nice. Was it because you were masturbating over Kentucky Crank? <laughs> it was not no, because like I said, I watched it in the cinema and not at home, and that's a step too far even by my standards. So it's not so, it's not like a seventies like porno like theater. Wank theater. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Like, oh, I mean, like, I don't get it. It's like, let's go to a room and wank with straight. Oh, you know what? Some people might get that. 
So, like, hey, as long as everyone's on board, that's fine. I think it has to be said that um, the, like, old 70s... Imagine wanking um, to, like, Cars 3. <laughs> Imagine not wanking to Cars 3. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> no, uh, those old theatres... I mean, it was like, back in... But yeah, <laughs> uh, the old theaters back in the day. This was this was before you could have even a VHS tape of porn. Mm. Like it, like porn so, magazines like, just were wanking a... in front of strangers was like that was the payment. Yeah, basically, if you wanted to, if you wanted to see um, like video porn, the only way to to see it was to be in a room full of strangers all quietly masturbating. <laughs> huh. All the sex boxes. All the sex boxes. Where you kind of, there's like a lady, or there's like a person behind glass. Yeah, but that's like, that's, that's not the same as watching a film. Well, I mean, and they Notably, could, like, none of this is the same as the thing that I just talk, talked about. That we know of. <laughs> well, yeah, it's not I the mean, s- are you telling me you wouldn't give a fiver to Daniel Craig, like, in a thong, like, behind a pane of glass, shaking his booty for you? Being like, howdy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like aren't you aren't you like a very famous actor and he's like and he's like i just do it for kicks and then drama that's like excellent and just starts just violently wanking shall we uh move on like from they this give pa- out raincoats can we move on from this particular intellectual cul-de-sac that we're in Sorry, I just, I yeah, just heard the moment drama Matt registered the he they hand out raincoats comment <laughs> So you went to see like wanky Daniel Craig, who was very wanky, wanky, wankified. No, no, that sounds bad. Yeah. Wank, wankalicious. It's a good film. You don't have to masturbate to it. I guess is what I mean. I can say. We're not going to sit here and tell you what films to masturbate. You know what to, I said that but... we should leave this particular subject. Like, no, I want to tell people what they're allowed to masturbate to. <laughs> what movies? Like cats. They should start off by masturbating to our end of year video game suggestion thing that we're doing. Yeah, but don't tell us about it. That'd make it weird. <laughs> I'm trying to move us on. Thank you. <laughs> so yes, if you have heard the previous uh, the previous end of year episodes of the Misanthropod, then you will no doubt be aware that we normally go through every video game that we have played throughout the year that is you know, fro- released in the year in question. And we talk a little bit about every single one of them and then we pick a game of the year. Now, this year's a little different, which is why this episode won't be called, like, the end of year special or anything like we normally do. Um, this is just a segment of it. Because um, the channel has sort of pulled away from video games a lot. Um, we sort of concentrate more on Codex compliant these days and just do the video games on streams uh, and stuff. Um but that's meant that we, we haven't played anywhere near as many video games as we normally would have, and especially not anywhere near as many new ones. So, like, a lot of the big blockbuster games, like your Death Strandings and the like, we just haven't played. I wouldn't play Death Stranding anyway. It looks boring as fuck. I mean, I'd want to give it a go. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know if I'd like it. Someone, I probably like, wouldn't gave like it to it. me, I'd be like, eh, I'll give it a go. But anyway, yeah. that's, that is entirely not the point. Um... So what we're going to do is go through the games that we have played and then we'll still pick a game of the year but just take it with the noted caveat that we've not played many video games this year. Okay. So um, do you want me to go through and name all and, and just name the games and then we can all just like have a little bit of a talk about them? Yeah. That, that one of us has gone through? Because I believe the only game from this year that you have played, Matt, is already in our list. 
So yep. possibly I did just check when Mini Trains was released, and that was this year. So oh my god! Oh, okay. Spoilers for the end of my game of the year. But <laughs> is it literally is Mini Trains going to be your fucking game of the year? Oh my! No, no, goodness. my 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 game of the year is almost definitely going to be the one that you just hinted at. Yeah, I think yeah, <laughs> yeah. Meet and fuck seventy three. <laughs> Those games even still being made? Is yeah, like... I, I was talking to Longfang a little while ago, and I was playing dildo fishing while talking to him. <laughs> Basically, where you're this overweight, like, boomer cartoon-like guy fishing with dildos, and just big-titted, like, naked women just, like, deep-throat the dildos, and then you fish them up, and is, then is you that do part, fuck um, with them. Is that part of the Meat and Fuck series? Yeah. Okay, it, when was that released? Oh, not this year. Was it this think, year? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Fucking imagine! No, I, I think it was like a couple of years ago. Okay. Unfortunately, I need to keep up on my meat and fuck. You gotta I'm keep sorry, up because the meat and fuck series has been a punchline for us for a while. But I, I don't tend to follow it too closely beyond <laughs> knowing it exists. Oh yeah, same. Um, but yes, I'm going to name some games. They're not in uh, any particular order. No. Um, and meat and fuck will not make the list. I'm no, afraid. Uh, so I, I'm just going to bring them up, and then people can say anything they want to about them, and then we'll pick a, a game of the year at the end. Okay. Okay. Good. So the first game in the list is one that only I have played. Yep. Uh, which is the Surge Two. So oh, yeah, you you might be the yeah. only person in the world who's played that. Yes. No, no. There's there's like two other people on Twitter. Okay. Yeah. Unity's played it. Okay, he there's, enjoys there's, it. there's there's still two other people on Twitter. <laughs> He's he was one of them. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I've obviously talked about The Surge 1 and 2 quite a bit um, over the last year or so. Um, but yeah, The Surge 2, a really good sequel to the original Surge, which I also ended up really liking after I kind of got used to it, because it's, it, it's a Souls-like game, but with its own kind of take on it. Uh, the second one managed to improve on pretty much every problem with the first one, like its plot is coherent because <laughs> um, the the pre the surge one has about three different like plot lines it's kind of juggling with and they're all interlinked but in ways that are kind of confusing like unnecessarily so um and the sequel kind of just has a bit more of a straight line sort of what's going on and honestly it's kind of improved for that you also don't play as like a named character you just are Creative a character, character. She plays a character called Warren in the first game. Warren. Um, who you do meet in the in the sequel. Um, Spoils. So, um, yeah. I mean, granted, when he showed up, when they're trying to hide who he is, I'm like, that's Warren, isn't it? Because you're trying <laughs> to keep a character mysterious, and the only character that we know the name of who isn't definitely dead from the first game or is irrelevant is Warren. So there's only one person this could be. <laughs> so, yeah. Tina Turner. It was Tina Turner. It was Tina Turner. <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, they improved. Uh, they improved a lot. Of, a lot of things like the combat still works really well. Uh, once, you, once you're kind of used to its, its different kind of pace, uh, the only downside to it was that it's not qu- not got quite as much life in New Game Plus as the previous one. So the replayability suffers a bit. A little bit because the previous one scales much longer into New Game Plus. I think you had to. You went through like four iterations of the game before it stopped scaling. Whereas this one stops after like two. Yeah. So it's just not as there's less reason to keep playing through subsequent new game pluses for any other reason than the challenge. Mm. Mm. Um, but still, uh, yeah, um, enjoyed it a lot. It is it is a good video game. 
uh, I, I enjoy it. Also, it was released as an absolute technical shit show. Um, I remember where every time you booted it up, you would have to shut it down because the drivers went really weird and made everything green and like super flickery and horrible. Yeah, the game was literally unplayable the first time I booted it every single time. And then you'd have to close it and boot it again. And then like after like a week, they patched it. But I think people were still having trouble. It was a it was a shit show. It upon was release. a mess mm-hmm. um, in in that regard. But I, I presume it's probably fine now. Um, but for me personally, I found the game was fun enough that it didn't really matter. That mm. like, I mean, it obviously does matter. That and, is like, a caveat, though. But it's it's, it's like, a caveat. Oh, I, I'm fine with it, but you might not be. Yeah, basically, I enjoyed it enough that its technical hurdles weren't a deal breaker for me but I would completely understand it if they were for other people and I don't know if they've been 100% fixed now or if it's still a bit of a mess but yeah but yeah that is the, that is uh, the first game uh, the next one is one that uh, Snipe will have a bit more to say about which is Chaos Spain the ah. the Warhammer fantasy game the, the Diablo kind of uh, yes like the dungeon crawler I played a bunch of it on stream. I've played... I think I've played a bit with Longfang as well. Well, I've played some with you, actually. We we, we did a video on it, You and you've played it on live stream. Yeah. I, I, I th- played it with Longfang, yeah. I've played it with you. Um, I love the fact that it has local co-op and online co-op. I just wish there was a game to play in there. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I'm not going to be like super nasty about it, because... I don't have the energy. I, I'm going to save that for other things, I'm sure. But, like, it just felt unfinished and artificially lengthened. So, like, every fucking level was go into the sewer and kill the same handful of enemies. It was just like, like, everything was like that. And there was not really anything to do. I mean, what I like about Diablo is that, you know... You can go to different places. You can literally, you can play story mode if you want. You can just play what, like, like I think it's like adventure mode or something where mm. you just go, eh, I'm just going to teleport all over the map. And they basically, like, every, like, place has, like, every map has, like, five or, like, at least, like, five separate, like, just dailies you can do for gear to grind out. Or you can do, like, instances where you just have to kill a bunch of stuff and then kill an mm. end boss. There was just nothing like that in Chaos Spain, and I played it for quite a while. Yeah, I seem to remember the part that really made you give up on it is the first major boss was just a, was... a crazy difficulty spike, and more importantly, was just unfun. It wasn't fun. It was... I mean, like... It, it was a great okay. unclean one, wasn't it? It was, yeah. And it was just, like, really difficult, and everything... Like, all the cover you were supposed to, like, required... just immediately got destroyed by him. Didn't I mean, some of it just randomly not work as well? Yeah, some of it, like, where you would stand behind stuff and it just, you you get hit anyway, and it's like, okay, and I just got so pissed off with it, I just put it down. Yeah. I just, I wish it had had, like, maybe another year to be developed, and I think it could have been, like, my like one of my new favourite dungeon crawlers. And it just, it just didn't... It might be worth having a, a look at again, because I think it's had uh, an expansion recently, um... Which is like a Tomb Kings expansion. Better be a fucking free one. It's not a free one, but we have it because the dev sent us the code for the yeah, uh, special edition that had the um, yeah. that had the uh, season, pass. season pass. So okay, so you know what? Maybe I'll, yeah, I'll boot it up and try it again. Like maybe maybe they fix some of this stuff. I'm since hoping you so it, because but... it had a lot of potential and it did just feel like it needed more time. Mm. It felt it felt like they'd taken it out of the oven half an hour early. Yeah. Mm. Um, 
Um, next one is Battlefleet Gothic Armada 2 to carry on the Games Workshop uh, I don't sort think of I've played any of this. Uh, I played a fair bit of it. This is by Roos's Beard. Yes, it's that one. Mm. Um, now, I played a bit of the original uh, Battlefleet Gothic Armada and I couldn't get into it. I really wanted to because, like... It's a bit complicated. Um, if, for whatever reason, uh, people listening aren't, aren't fully aware, uh, Battlefleet Gothic was originally a tabletop game um, set in the 40k universe um, by Games Workshop. Um, and they and they obviously tried to translate that game to a video game. And the first one was I always I just found like it was over overloading you with information like at all times, and I found it so really. I felt, I felt that with the first Blood Bowl. Yes, it was just overwhelming, and I just I'm sure like if you know the rules like by hand or what, like 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 the back of your hand, then you'd be fine. But if you're like anyone else it's just impenetrable uh, i think it's a little bit different because uh, blood bowl was a straight adaptation of the yeah. rules whereas this was um well, i felt I say, overwhelmed uh, as well yeah um, more accurately a, 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 a um what's what's the word uh, um a, a straight adaptation into a video game of the actual tabletop rules whereas this is like you know a more tra- traditional adaptation of taking the ideas of it and making a video game out of it without using the same rule set um but similar to Blood Bowl, um, the second one does a way better job at managing that deluge of information you have. And I found it way easier to get into. Um, so I did play a fair bit of it. Uh, I, I, I'm never very good at it uh, because it involves too, many, too much micromanaging. And I am a simple human who cannot deal with too many things at once. <laughs> Um, yes, you married me. It's what, why I can <laughs> deal with. It's why I can deal with forty k, like tabletop forty k, because it's set in turns. So I can I can stop and go. Okay, what am I doing? I need to move this. I need to do this. Okay. Whereas when it's all real time, I stop being able to control my brain. Like, mm-hmm. eh. um, but it's a lot better, um, and it's very explicit ties into canon. Uh, it's really interesting because most forty k games either set themselves in. An area that isn't really super important, like an adjacent area. Yeah, like, like the whole Blood Ravens thing from Dawn of War. Like though they are a canon, like the Aurelian Crusade. Yeah, it's like, canon, but it's like so far off to the side. Yeah, it's like this whole other thing that's going off, and, and so it doesn't really affect mainline 40k canon. Whereas like literal named characters keep showing up in Battlefleet Gothic. One um, of them, big name character, dies in Battlefleet Gothic too. Yeah, well, well, that's the thing because it's it's set in the Gothic War, mm. so. You know, it, it is like a thing where actual canon things happen. It's a straight adaptation of that. And I, I just kind of like that. But yeah, it was it was a good game. Um, def- massive improvement over the first one. I've been meaning to go back to it, especially after uh, we went to Warhammer Fest uh, earlier in the year. And uh, we um, heard the devs speak about things that they're trying to implement and stuff. And, I've, and I haven't gone back to it yet after that to see like how those changes that they were talking about have been uh, implemented. But yeah, it is a good game. It is a good game. Um, the next game is one that I don't have much to say about, and actually we talked about a bit last week, um, for some reason, uh, which is the Resident Evil 2 remake. Yes. Fantastic game. Absolutely mm. phenomenal. Uh, not perfect, but still very, very mm. good. Um, I really like the redesigns of the characters. I really like the reinterpretation of the story. I like the new things put in. Really don't like Nemesis. Well, like... Mr. X chasing you all the time because 
well, I take tablets to stop anxiety. I'm not going <laughs> yeah. to do that. I don't, I don't want to go, hey, let's see how fucking good this, this medicine is. Because I'm telling you, it ain't that good. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, just fantastic. And like Resident Evil 3 remake's been announced, and I'm hoping they have a mode where it's just like scripted nemesis encounters only or something like I'm hoping they've learned a bit from that. And honestly, I love the redesigns. I love it how Jill is just dressed normal. I'm, I'm, I'm just. It just makes me feel very happy that they have just badass women. I mean, I'm not saying that every woman in a game has to be a hard ass who's not showing any skin. If you want your your titty boobama jugs, soul like, caliber. If you want your call it soul <laughs> caliber, fine, whatever. Just when everything was like that. It was really fucking tiring. Mm. It's just mm. exhausting. As someone who isn't a guy, it's just like, all right. And then like they're like, oh no, like, people getting angry and starting petitions because quote unquote this character isn't sexy enough in this. It's just nice to see a bunch of people look at like Jill and Claire and Ada and just go, yeah, they they look badass. That suits. That's fine. And I love it. Mm. It's just really nice. And I'm mm. really looking forward yeah. to. I. I'm not going to pre-order it because that's not a good idea, but I am definitely very interested in, in the RE3 remake. And mm. unlike Resident Evil 2, I wasn't holding up high hopes for it. And then I saw the, like, because you I remember you saying once that you can tell if a, if a movie is confident in its writing because it'll just show you a scene. Yeah. Um... Like, like Zootopia showed, like, the DMV scene, which was great. And I love that movie. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I think there's a, there's a definite confidence when um, rather than rather than showing like a fancy cut trailer, they're willing to just put out this is just a section of the movie yeah. or what have you. I mean, and like say this is just it, and yeah. just let that advertise for them. And and they did that with our RE2 remake, and I was just like, fuck, okay, wow. Okay, the next game on the list is another one for you, Snipe, which is Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Oh yes, Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Or the Burnthal one. Ah, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I like it. Um, <laughs> I thought that was just going to be the end. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Love the multiplayer. Story mode is pretty fucking lacking, honestly. Purely because it's like, you can tell it's John Burnthal sitting in a room with two other people in mocap suits. Hmm. And it's like, it, it's very static. The, like, um, there's like... One way you're like lying on your belly sniping and he's spotting for you, and like like the other guys like having a sleep, and you're just having a chat. And it's like I like the chat, like just chatting away and just showing that you know you you've got a history and everything. And I think that's cool. But it was very obviously just a small soundstage with three people in mocap suits, and it really <laughs> did. Meh. It's like they've spent all the money securing John Burnthal to get to basically like you know do anything else mm. with it but multiplayer is incredibly strong and very very fun and i get to look at john bernthal yeah. like every 10 minutes so I, I, do feel, I, I do feel like that that series of games is very much like buoyed by the fact that you you end up playing it like multiplayer all the time and that... yeah and that honestly like a lot of people have a lot of problems with with it when it came out and it's like fair um i i just wanted to play the game with John Bernthal in it with Longfang. <laughs> yeah. And like, that there's... was that ticked all my boxes, quite frankly. Like there's like new things 
you know, and I, I liked it. But then again, I'm not interested in like this more of the story mode. I I basically just play it for the multiplayer and John Burnfall <laughs> because I am I am only human. <laughs> I think I think everyone would play that game for John Burnfall and his angry cow noises. He does, yeah. He does like I call it the Burnfall breathing because like. <laughs> I have to listen to things with headphones on if I don't have my hearing aids in because then I can, for the most part, hear a lot of a lot more things that I wouldn't normally yes, hear. Yes. So I'm very familiar with the Burnthal breathing, which is when he gets like in a scene where he has to like beat someone up, he's like <sighs> he like breathes like a singer <laughs> who's about to like belt something out. It's just like Yeah, and like the mocap's fantastic. The facial capture is phenomenal. They've managed to capture all those little twitches he does mm. and stuff like that. Because, again, fucking, that guy is such a great actor. So, yeah. But, eh, I can't, in good conscience, recommend it fully. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that there's those games where you like them and you enjoy them, but for multitudes of reasons you can't really recommend them. Basically, yeah. 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 Uh, okay, uh, the next thing is a game which is sort of rele- uh, irrelevant to one of the games we are talking about earlier, which is a medieval, which ah, is a, a, th- the... a throwback shooter from the people that made Dusk. Yes. Except this which is... Which is like Quake. Yeah, it's like kind of Quake, Unreal 1 sort yeah, of Yeah, instead era. of like, like Dusk was more kind of like Doom slash Blood. It was yeah. quite Blood. It was, yeah, it was very much of that sort of yeah. early first person mm, shooter yeah, style. Yeah, whereas this is, a medieval is Quake. Yeah. And you know what? It does it fucking well. Until and it gets like about three, two thirds through the game and then becomes really fucking tedious. Yeah, <laughs> there, there was that kind of brick wall I hit with it. I'd say Dusk overall, I, I enjoyed a lot more. But I'd say a medieval was, was a nice nostalgic like thing. Mm. I mean, Quake was never really my game. Mm. But I still played a fucking load of it. And yeah, they understand what made Quake entertaining. And yeah, it's good. Hmm. So yeah, I can recommend if you're interested in old, like you know, build engine shooters and things like that. Or if you're a Quake fan, I can't recommend it enough. <laughs> yeah, like I do really approve of this sort of. We're in a bit of an era of like retro shooter like homages and things and i am and... living for it that's my favorite genre i mean it's certainly a lot better than you know i know it's a bit old hat to talk about now but that time when call of duty was the biggest thing in the world mm. and every fucking first person shooter felt like call of duty yeah and it was really mm. tedious because yep. well if you if you're playing a first person shooter it's very rare that i want it to feel like call of duty so yeah i mean like know. call of duty felt like call of duty which was great but everything else suddenly feeling like it sucked. Yeah, basically. It was annoying. But yeah. Um, next one is a an interesting game that both of us played a bit, uh, which is Remnant from the Ashes. Oh yeah, I played a bunch of this with Longfang. Like a survival horror slash Dark Souls clone. Yeah, it's kind of like it was, it was also had areas that were randomised. Yeah. You could like yeah. literally go to like, uh, say, the bonfire and just randomize, like, like shuffle the levels. Mm. I mean, there were certain set parts that were always the same. But for the most part, it was just like, oh, yeah, no, every game is, like, a little bit different. And honestly, my biggest problem with that game was the balance. Yes, its difficulty balance was fucked. Its difficulty fucked. was fucked. It's like, if you played it solo, you would hit so many brick walls. Because it's just not, I don't feel that game was ever balanced for solo play. 
Mm. No. Because I think you need a party of at least three people to get shit done. To be honest, it felt like it like, wasn't even... even yeah, it felt two like... people, it felt borderline impossible. Yeah, yeah. It's like, they were, I think they were going for a bit of, like, the Division kind of thing. Mm. With, like, basically the Division slash Dark Souls, and they just... Yeah, the, the balance was so fucked. It does feel like the sort of game where... Um... So, you know how... Um... Oh, I can't forget... I can't remember the name. It's Deck something. Um, who the people who made the Surge? Uh, previously, they made um, Lords of the Fall. Lords of the Fall, which is horrifically terrible. Which is a fucking terrible Dark Souls knockoff. Oh, it is. Um, <laughs> really dog shit. Don't play it even for a joke. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it's almost like the experience with that meant that they ended up then creating probably the best non-from software Souls-like yeah. kind of game. And I wonder if this is one of those games, like, Remnant, if they ever do make another one. I do like they learn. Like, it feels like all of the bare bones were there to make a really fantastic game. And they just don't quite yeah, match up and no, make for kind of a frustrating experience. The, the most frustrating part is purely the fact that it has so much potential. Mm. And it just falls short. Yeah, and uh, that's, what, that's what sucks. So it would be really interesting to see a sequel of it. Mm, definitely. Because um, I'd, I'd like to see that those ideas, but done not crap yeah because i i'm happy with <laughs> souls being a genre basically oh yeah and like it's just it's it's a very difficult balance there mm. it's it's a hard genre like a souls genre is a hard thing to tackle as we've seen so many yeah. like companies try and fail miserably well, laws of the fallen yeah. being the most Mm. The tr- the trick is, of course, if you want to get that real souls like feeling, is you've got to make something that is harsh but fair. Yeah, which Remnant was not fair. Yeah, like, and it was frustrating. It had the the habit of like, oh, you're fighting a boss. Okay, it has constant ads that explode. Yeah, or there like, was one okay. where you fight basically the not moonlit butterfly on a bridge, and it can just knock you off the bridge whenever it wants. And also halfway through the fight, there's two of them mm. because fuck you. And like doing that with, even with two people was was so hard, but yeah, I'll uh, I'll stop going on about it. Yeah, we rant because we love. <laughs> we love the idea of what it could be. Uh, next one is one that I can just unabashedly say is fucking amazing, uh, which is Bloodstained: Ritual of the Night. Yeah. Now the uh, spiritual successor to Castlevania. Yes. Um, so obviously, this was originally a Kickstarter game. Uh, that raised a, approximately a bajillion pounds. A gigabillion <laughs> money. Um, definitely in pounds as well. Mm. Um, that was weird. And I was initially not really, like, I didn't really care because my I, I love the original, like, Castlevania, and I'm more of a fan of early Castlevanias than the, the later Metroidvania, Symphony of the Night kind of what style thing. What is a man? Like I yeah I just I could just never get into those later those later ones and just liked the early sort of they're just a, a a rock fucking hard platformer that's just reflex and stuff which is unusual for me because that's not normally the sort of thing I'm into but I, I really liked it like the uh, old Castlevanias um, but then I played um, Bloodstained and I was like it makes me want to go back and try all the old Metroidvanias again <laughs> because I'm like no I get it now. Because I stuck through, like, the initial sort of thing of it, and I was like, no, this is fucking great. Like, I thoroughly enjoyed um, Bloodstained Ritual of Night. Beat the whole thing, beat, like, every optional boss as well. Like, I, I 100% of that hmm. damn game. I'm sure that, well, I say 100%, there's, like, a couple of achievements that I haven't got, because they're, like, 
oh, get this, get these specific items from this specific enemy that you might have to grind out for an hour to yeah. get that that type of shit, which I didn't do. But like, I beat every boss in the game basically, including all the hidden ones. And yeah, that it is a really solid game. I also approved because for basically the entire game. I used um, the little spell thing you get that means that you fire spherical flying pigs at your enemies. Oh, yeah, that. <laughs> because I like maxed that out and found out that a lot of the bosses in the game don't know what to deal, don't know how to deal with you filling the room with pigs. Who the fuck can deal with someone filling a room with pigs? <laughs> Few people, it turns yeah. out. Also, that's the one where you can change your character's appearance yes is that the one where you basically played uh what was her name margaret or something as just me <laughs> yeah uh I've, I've actually forgot completely forgot the main character's name now it's not it's, margaret it's but... like an old woman's name is it meredith that no meredith sounds too modern i don't know it's Mer- Mer- note spelling <laughs> meredith's old as fuck. <laughs> yeah and it's, um... it's a really cool name but she had like it was like Mar- Marion or I, Marigold or something. I could look on the internet, but I'm not going to. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, no, she had white hair for like my run because I just thought it looked better anyway. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, a really cool game. I uh, can thoroughly, thoroughly recommend it. There's also um, which I think came out last year, so that's why I didn't mention it. There's also like a retro NES version of it as well. Um, that's more like the old Castlevanias, and that's also really good. Mm. Um, that that's uh, but obviously a different kind of thing. Uh, next game is another one that we both played, which is Devil May Cry Five. Devil May Cry, if you will. Um, we played through the entirety of that on stream. I did. Oh god, I love that game. It is very good. I like honestly. Like I don't like playing as. I mean, Dante is daddy. Nero's a nerd. I don't like playing as either of them, even though you've handed the controller over to me and I beat the final boss as Dante the first time playing him. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> that shows you how like how hard I was button mashing. But I love V's gameplay. Mm. His gameplay was fantastic. I just clicked with it. Yeah, I could never really get on with him, but you A lot really of people did. have trouble playing him, but it's just... I'm the opposite. I can't play Nero or Dante, mm. but I can play V. And it's oh that and there's such a fucking sense of humor as well. It's just so balls to the wall stupid. It's just so entertaining. The fact that so uh, you get to certain points where you get your upgrades and a van appears and it always appears in like a funny way. It like drops in from the sky or, or it bursts, like it borrows out of the ground and lands like in just belly. That flops. was what that was what I was going to talk about was because when we were playing it on stream, I said like. I guess because it would always come in like in a silly way, like it'd fall off the roof or whatever. Or drive off a building and land next yeah, to you. Yeah, like it'd do something silly like that. And I was like, I, like this will be the best game ever if it just burrows out of the ground and breaches like a fucking whale. And it fucking did. And the did. next time we got to one, it literally did that. And I was like, yeah, this is great. <laughs> this, this, game, this is a game that knows how to be stupid and knows how to, how to play it off. And like, I, I think it was a really cool thing to do like after... Um, because I, I like um, DMC. The... With, with quote-unquote Dante instead <laughs> with, of Dante. With, 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 with young Dante, the, the, the reboot they did. I you actually... Like, like, there's just a couple of things like that that kind of annoyed me. Like, gameplay-wise, I don't care. And, like, everything else, I don't care. It was just a new take. 
But it was the fact that he and Virgil start like bragging about how big their dicks are. Oh yeah, like it's not perfect or anything. But <laughs> no, I was just that part. Yeah. Of, anytime someone mentions that, I think of that and I go. Mm. Yeah, but like I, I, I quite like that one, and I, I like the old Devil May Cry games as well. I think I might be the one person that that like likes <laughs> that the likes basically all of them except. DMC two. No uh, one likes that DMC two. That, that is a game I could, I could bear to play for like half an hour, mm. and I was like, this is just a worse version of DMC one. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, but it it was really nice to see them come back and do a mainline DMC. That was just, and also, stupid. isn't it confusing that you, that just because Devil May yeah. Cry is like such a mouthful to mm-hmm. say DMC is the obvious thing to say, but now, but because the reboot is called DMC. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it means you have to specify which one you're talking about. It's really annoying, um, but yeah, uh, it was really nice to see him come back and do a mainline one, and with such kind of glee and like tie together like some of the more overwrought and stupid things from um, Devil May Cry Four because like they make Nero less annoying. Oh yeah, Nero, like, Nero was it was, was a typical like tortured anime protagonist. He was, was like, really tedious. Like, DMC4 was really interesting because you play through the first half of it as Nero and, like, he's just really annoying. Like, his gameplay is fun, but he's really annoying. And then Dante comes out and he's just the best for the second half of the game. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's so many... Uh, in, uh, DMC4 has so many, like, lines that we still joke about to this day. Like, when we see Until some... we are all satisfied. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or, like... You know, like, when we see something that's, uh, like, in a video game that's got, like, a pair of wings or whatever. Just like, it's got wings. Yeah, we still fucking do that. Because um, we're old and like, terrible. It's, it's really good, honestly. DM- DMC4, the first half of the game is a bit tedious because you're playing as Nero. But then Dante appears and just goes and through... And has a musical number. Goes through the game backwards and has, like, multiple musical numbers for no reason. It's, it's crazy. Amazing. And yeah, DMC5 kind of continues in that kind of like stupid vein, but they, they allow, I think they allow Nero to be his own character a lot more. Yeah. And he's really, and he's fun. And yeah, I, I really like It's liked. good. It's good. Devil May Cry 5 was great. Mm-hmm. Really fun. I need to go back and play more yeah. of it. Really and good. now. Oh, no, wait, 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 wait. Before, before we do this, Matt, is there anything you want to say about, is, is was it Mini Trains? Yeah. Uh, Mini Trains is. Is great. It's a terrible mobile game that's been ported to Switch. I'm fairly sure. I don't. I don't know if that's true, but it wouldn't surprise me. But it's trains. It's yeah. trains. Okay. It's trains. It's they should trains. put that on the box up. It's trains. <laughs> drama mat. Drama mat. It's trains. <laughs> it's trains. Um, <laughs> but yes, now the piece de la resistance. Now the one that the pasty resistance. The pasty resistance. The thing we must talk about. The greatest game of 2019. The most, the most famous and enjoyable piece of aggressive left-wing media. <laughs> the <laughs> the perfection that is affirmative action. Untitled Goose Game. <laughs> Untitled Goose Game. Oh yes. Oh my fuck! Do I genuinely adore this game so much? Like, I love it so much. I I will say that whilst I, I I'm I'm just gonna say I I put more time into I I technically got more satisfaction from basically a ton of the games on this list, um that had a lot more money, a lot more time spent on them, have more in depth mechanics, all that. 
But there is something about Untitled Goose Game that just makes me so happy. It, mm-hmm. it genuinely makes me so fucking happy. Like, I know that. It's, it's literally like the whole drama about being a bird thing. It's just like, or like Resident Evil 2 remake, The Surge 2, Symphony of the Night. Yeah, those are good. I like The Bastard. <laughs> I like The Goose. I like causing problems as a goose. It's like. <laughs> If I had a choice of to play any of those right now, I'd just boot up Untitled Goose Game because it's just yeah. I did I did see that it was on it was available on Switch, and I was like, I do own this already, but can I buy it again so I can play it now? Yes, <laughs> there is like there's something about it. That I know it makes been, me so happy. I know it's been memed to death. Oh yeah, the, like, it, it, it has. It, it has. really has. But there is <clears throat> it, there is something so endearing, so so I love good about it. The goose. And I love it how, like, canonically they are gender neutral. The ju- the, the, the gooses are they, and that mm. makes me super happy. <laughs> and I love, I love the interactions. I love the music. I love how simple it is. And it's just so goddamn entertaining. You know what I think it is? I like that I can honk on command and that my wings <laughs> don't really ever do anything. But I always wander off sticking them out going, fucking have it, man. You know what I think it is? Is that this is a game it's, that... It's a snipe simulator. Well, yeah. <laughs> but the thing about, about Untitled Goose Game, like, is that it is a game that we saw a video, like the trailer for, and everyone went, yes, I want that game. Then the game came out, and it was exactly what the trailer promised, but yeah. with a with a little story. But with a little story, it was actually quite expecting. good. Yeah, and it's low stakes. It's there's no real pressure. You can't die. You can't fail. You can't, you can't fail. fail. It you just, just try you just, again. You just yeah. you have to keep trying. Yeah. Um, and there's just something about that that makes it just this really pleasant experience that's genuinely funny. And as just re- and it just I don't know. Cute little touches. It's cute, and I, it makes me happy. And it's it, really well made. It's yeah, like it really solid. is. There, there is. It, it's that thing where it, you know, it, it sounds like a joke to say game of the year untitled goose game, but it kind of is. It kind of is. I don't think there is any game that I have played this year where I have played through it and, you know, been through it and has been, has just, had such a big grin on my face. Mm, same. J- just from it. It's not the most expensive. It's not the most no. elaborate. It's not got the most in-depth story, but it just it's made just me like, happy. Like, everything yeah. it does, it does so well. Like, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, like, shoot for the moon, but it gets pretty fucking high because, like, mm. what it does... It doesn't it shoot for the moon. It was aiming for a small village in the English countryside and, you know and it what? got it there fucking got and terrorised the fuck out of everyone. And stole everything. <laughs> and yeah, I gotta say that, it, like, it's like that was the most joyful experience. Like, the jo- most joyfully devilish experience mm. I've had in a game this year. So yeah, my game of the year is definitely Untitled Goose Game. Instead of being like you know Doom twenty sixteen, although it's <laughs> <Again>. a close second. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it it would be my my game of the year as well. Even though other like I played the Surge two more, like that's probably a better game. Devil May Cry five, fucking fantastic. Oh yeah, no, definitely. But Blood, just... Bloodstained, Bloodstained, Ooh, fantastic. Resident games. Evil two remake. Mwah. Yeah, beautiful, fantastic games. Would recommend them any day of the week. But Untitled Goose Game and Untitled Goose Game is what made me viscerally happier. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. 
Drama Matt's game of the year is going to be mini trains. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, dude? No, I've got to agree with you. Untitled yeah. Goose, it's, it's just so refreshing in that it's not a sequel. It's not a... I mean, I'm sure there has been games similar to that, probably. But yeah. it's so... It's not trying to be anything, or it's not being like, oh, Souls did well, let's make a Souls knockoff, or it's not trying to be, oh, all the other games are Call of Duty, let's do that. Like we've said already. Mm. Like, it was just such its own thing. It's like, you know what? We want to make a game about a dickhead goose. And cool. that's awesome. Let's just let's just do it. Yeah, piano music, that's... Yeah. We could put the wubs in it, or we could put some. No, no, we're just going to. Can you imagine? Like, I can imagine there's probably like a a mod on the Steam like workshop where it's just like replaces it with dubstep. What the nice piano music? Yeah, replaces it with the Saints (laughs) Row dubstep gun music. But yeah, 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 it's 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 not trying to be anything, and it's it's just what it is, and it does it really well. Mm -hmm. I just think that's really. I just think it's a really fun, sweet. And like impish piece of uh, like just, just experience. I and like you know it. what I think? I think it does also help that I think it's probably not a um, wild suggestion to put forth that at times 2019 has been a somewhat stressful <laughs> year to exist in. Yeah, painfully. The world is terrifying. The worst people imaginable are getting more and more power, and the world is on fire, figuratively and literally. And sometimes just a little piece of media comes along that just makes you happy. Sometimes you just need to be a bastard goose. (laughs) And that, I didn't know that that was what my soul needed this year. (laughs) You're saying that it's goose soup for the soul. Yes, yes I am. (laughs) Yes I am. Beautiful. But yeah, that's our game of the year. Surprising, probably no one. Yes, no. because it's just such a yeah. Nice like game. when you introduced it, like we hadn't actually spoken about all agreeing on this. We just all assumed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we just <laughs> like... all assumed it was ours. And yep, guess what? We assumed right. Yeah, so. yep. the official misanthropod seal of approval. Yeah, which I'm sure House House care a lot about. Oh, I bet they do. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, so, with with that um, wonderful uh, and very prestigious award awarded to Untitled Goose Game. Very prestigious. Uh, I feel that we should now go on to the questions. So, Drummer Matt. Yes. Can you please read us some questions from the lovely people at home that I have will. sent uh, that have sent them in to us? To What's the... the email address, Wib? You're trying to get ahead of me tell- asking <laughs> you for the email address, aren't you? A little bit. The email address is only drummermat at snipingweb at gmail.com. Yep, if you yep. wish to send a question to us, please send us questions. They help make the podcast longer and make us happy. Yeah, we like, we like <laughs> answering questions. They are definitely content and they are fun content to both make and I presume listen to. Write in and, and tell us what your favourite John Bernthal movie is. Was, could he play the goose? He probably could. Has he been in any movies? Yeah, he's been in a few. He's been in a couple. He's been in one with Shia LaBeouf. He's been I, I've in never Baby, seen he's, him he's in Baby Driver. Uh, um, he's in a bunch. Oh, shit. I, I, yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. Yeah. I've only seen him in a TV series. So, mm. yeah. And video games. Um, but yes, if people want to also want to tell us what your game of the year was, uh, feel free to say it, although we might not mention it in the podcast because, you know, it's not a question. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you can frame your favourite game of the year in the form of a question. Don't. In which case... Drama, what's the question? <laughs> okay, so first up, Commander Samus. Hello. So, starting off, a question for Snipe and Drummond Matthew. 
It us, not web. Not web. Not web. <laughs> Same. I've struggled with my weight for a long time, to the point where it severely impacted my mental health and gender dysphoria. I've tried joining gyms and better food regimes, but usually end up dropping out quickly due to said mental health reasons. What advice can you offer to someone to help them stay on the path and stay motivated? Oh, dang. Starting off with and a very serious one, question. Yeah, more, more for you this last bit, but and for also advice for overcoming the nagging idea that everyone in the gym is staring at you and judging you. <laughs> Which I, I think you. is that that thought is real to everyone at the gym, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, that's actually probably the best thing in, you know to put forth is that... Everyone in, in the gym thinks everyone's staring at them in a bad way, apart from like those one or two people who just stand up there and just like they they're always in vests and they kind of lift up their vest while like looking in the public like lifting mirror and look at their six pack. Those want everyone to be looking at them, but no <laughs> one cares about them either. I think in general, it's a, a, a it, it's constructive to try and break things down a little bit um, about that. Where when you're walking around, what are you thinking about? Like, you might be worrying about other people looking at you. You're worrying about your day-to-day. You're thinking about what you're going to be eating later. You're thinking about what, oh, yeah, I've got, I've got to speak to such and such. Like, that's what you're doing. Everyone walking around mm. is thinking that. Well, and yeah. at the gym, everyone's concerned about their own thing. They're like, oh, I want to beat my record. Oh, I'm trying to beat this. I'm trying to do this. No one's looking at each, at each other because they're all, and everyone's in their own little world. And it's hard to internalize that. But that's what's happening. Just everyone is like you. They're worrying about yeah, their world yeah, than advice, about other people. I mean, it's hard to yeah. accept it. And it's think hard, it, yeah. But yeah, I think that's... Yeah, but I think that is pretty much universally true. Mm. Everyone is far too busy ha- having the same worries to worry about anyone else. And what? the people judging other people are cunts, so, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah so they're yeah, like, some, you know, yeah. who, it's like, who gives a shit what they think and they are really in the minority. Mm. But the thing is, like, you just got to think, like, okay, I walked... I, I've walked, like... Personally, I've walked like four miles today. Can I remember a single fucking person I saw in the street? Any of them at all? No. Unless, like, you know, someone like is like, hey, have we got a moment to talk about Scientology or whatever? Then you remember them because you have to sit there and try not to punch their stupid face. But, like, for the most part, yeah, everyone's more concerned with themselves. And honestly, I think just going to a gym the gym kind of environment from what I've encountered and just the fitness environment is one of being proud of people. Um, All the fitness freaks I know are proud of other people for even trying stuff. Mm. Like, you know, if you see like a person who's overweight in the gym, I don't sit there and go, Oh God, that's embarrassing. I sit there and go, I know how hard that is. And that's really fucking impressive. And yeah. like, it is hard to do anything, like to make any big change in your life. And like, especially because society is so fucking gross about people's weight and pe- the way people look, it's, it makes it so much harder to deal with. But honestly, I'm super fucking proud of you, like genuinely, because it is hard to start making a difference. And even though like, you know, like you say, you've, you've eased off it because of mental health or whatever. Starting again after that is still really fucking difficult. And honestly, the the only advice I could give you is try and be kind to yourself. Yeah. And mm. always try and do one thing. And what I mean by that is I try and aim for about like like walking like about six miles a day. Now I don't 
often hit that target. Say I hit that target five out of seven days a week. Those two days, maybe I walk three miles. It doesn't matter though, because I've gone out and I have done something. So even if you feel like shit and you're just like, okay, well, I'll walk to the convenience store across the road. That is, that is doing something. And that's what's important. You don't have to be able to run a marathon. You just have to be able to like, you know, like maybe do like 50 jumping jacks in in your living room. Just anything you can cope with that's even a step in the right direction. And this stuff is also good from a mental health perspective it as is. well. It, it is. It helps yeah. break the stigmas. Yeah, because then you realise, hey, no, I, I can walk like I can walk eight miles while I'm feeling fucking miserable. Not saying that you should or like you know I'm encouraging you to do that because sometimes you just want to lie in bed and eat crisps and that's fine. Sometimes, sometimes you have to do that for your mental health. But yeah, I honestly, that's my advice. And also, I personally do a lot of it out of sheer spite. <laughs> Like <laughs> uh, one one thing that I feel is probably <laughs> worth mentioning because it's it, it seemed to work well for you, which is that if it's possible, because I, I don't, uh, I'm not sure where Samus lives. Um, if there's any like local thing that you can join, if yeah, there'll be lots spoons, of... you know, if, if you have the spoons for it. Spoons but for like, it. um, I basically I went to my doctor and I was like, look, I'm basically having trouble leaving the house because I hate my body so much. And they were like, okay, well, there's this program that is available. Would you like to sign up for it? And I was like, yes. I honestly got to the point where I was so fucking desperate that I was just like, I have to, I have to be healthy about this. I have to be sensible because otherwise I'm going to do even more irreparable damage to my body and my, with my poor eating habits. And I, you know, and now I'm, I'm healthier than I've ever been. And I'm, I can, well, I can walk faster than Wib now, which never used to happen. (laughs) Um... And it's like, yeah, if if you feel you can do that, or like, there'll be like, there's the little like organizations of people who will just like go for walks together. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, and like, if if you like, there's there's gonna be a bunch of them. Sometimes they're just full of old people, which can be really nice because they're like old people, and you know, there's the whole grandma and grandpa kind of thing about yeah. it. But like, if if you like, you want to do that because also you know, like they always go, or oh, working out with a friend is a really good idea because you basically. See, see you tomorrow, you know, and then you kind of start egging each other mm, on. You kind mm, of, yeah. you're there for each other. And then you, like, the whole kind of, oh, I could just stay in bed all day. And then you go, oh, no, so-and-so is going to be there. I got to go. They'll be wondering where I am. So that helps, too. And honestly, yeah, my, my best piece of advice is just, if you can't do much, just try and do something. Because you'll feel better for it. Yeah. It's the way like, the- what what helps me is when i'm i'm not very i'll very easily be like oh let's go out if i don't have anything that i'm working towards i'll i'll end up being like oh i i won't do today i'll do it tomorrow instead so what helps me out is having an end goal so i've with my i've not been going to the gym but i've been running i'll have to sign up for an actual thing in a few months or so and then get a training plan and then just the way you go through of every day i can tick off even if that day says rest i can tick at the end of the day i can tick off and say right i've done that and having that thing that I can just tick off saying, yes, I've done a thing. For, for me personally, that really helps me. If I didn't have that, I, don't, I think I'd very easily get distracted and not bother. <laughs> yeah, but just being I, able to go, tick, done that thing. Honestly, like, yeah, like, marking my progress and stuff down, like, I wear, like, a Fitbit kind of mm. watch. And, like, that helps me a lot 
basically almost being able to like quantify it. If I see the numbers, if there, you can it gamify it, if I can yeah. gamify yeah, exactly, it, right? It's like, like I, I, I never go back and look at what I've done, mm. but just knowing that I could if I wanted to yeah. is enough to make me keep doing it. It yeah. sounds like from the both of you, it's very much it's a structure thing. Um, yeah, yeah, totally it's, right. it's having something to work towards, yeah. and having a yeah, and having a structure to do so is what is the difference mm. between just. The kind of generic, I, I I need to lose weight, which is obviously like you know yeah. important, but but it's it's less structured than okay, I want to lose this much, and I need I'm going to do it by this way, yeah. and I I, I want to try and do it by this point. Like that mm. seems to help. Yeah, no, I mean like I, like I said, I, I use an app called like My Fitness Pal, which is basically I just mark down everything I eat per day in that, just to make sure that you know I'm hitting a healthy amount of calories because you don't really know just how many calories Mm. things are in or how bad something can be for Mm. you but this does say like if you eat like a chocolate bar which is it's not like also don't ban foods don't do that you'll you'll end up like breaking in and just binging on them which is just not good for like mental health or body so like just have a little bit of something if you know, like, 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 I try, I min max my my calorie intake <laughs> like a motherfucker. I'm like, you see, I could have a Burger King that will be eleven thousand calories for a meal, or I could eat like four fucking apples, a kilogram of cucumber. Like, you you start min maxing <laughs> shit like that, and it's just yeah, and it's like it just yeah, just if you can do it, do something, do. It doesn't matter how small it is. If you're moving, you're moving, and that is really important. And you have to acknowledge and celebrate even the smallest little milestones. Like, oh yeah, I thought I, I thought I was just gonna fucking just lie in bed all day, but you know what? I I stood up and I did like I did ten jumping jacks. I did twenty push-ups. I went to the shops. Like that means a lot. Because it's about getting into a habit of this it stuff. Is. Mm. It is. I think yeah. a lot of it is just teaching your brain that it's not that scary. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. that's true of that ha- basically no, everything, everything in life, yeah. really, isn't it? That but yeah, I mean, hard. that's. I'm just going to start repeating myself. But yeah, that's that's mm. my advice. I hope, Samus, that you could pass anything <laughs> yeah, un- useful yeah, from un- that. Pick some of that. Yeah. And, and I hope that's just generally kind of because uh, a lot of that, like I say, it's, it's actually pretty good general advice for a lot of things. Anyway, well, I mean, that's so. why I've gotten so much more into art. It's like it doesn't matter if mm. I if I don't do an amazingly a, a perfect picture every single time. Just the fact that I do it. Mm. That's the only thing that matters. But yeah, so I hope that's also just use, generally useful for other people, not not just for exercising, but for yeah. other stuff in general. Mm. So, yeah. Next okay. question, then. <laughs> um, Wib, so this is still from Samus. Okay. Um, Wib, something for you. It's less of a question and more of a suggestion. Okay. Um, Stop eating so your, many biscuits. No. For, your sci-fi, <laughs> for your sci-fi segment. Which I think people have just accepted as a regular thing. Yeah, I think we're just all going to have to. I've Stockholmed everyone um, into it. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, they're suggesting Continuum. I'm not familiar with Continuum. Oh, okay, well, good job. We have been told. So um, it's a Canadian show set in Vancouver about a cop from a dystopian cyberpunk-style future who gets thrown back in time to modern day, and then they must try and you know they're solving crimes and doing things while also trying to work out how to get back to their timeline, but without like interfering with the timeline too much to affect what might happen when they go back. Okay, hmm. that sounds interesting. Uh, whenabouts was it made? Does it say? Or? Uh, well, when it says sent back to modern day, it says in brackets 2012, but close enough to modern day, which suggests oh, okay. it's either well, then, yeah. made 
around now-ish, broadly speaking. I'm not actually sure. But okay. it's modern-ish, I think. Okay, cool. Well, yeah, I'll definitely check that out. I somehow had not heard about that. That sounds interesting. 2012 was seven years ago. I try not yeah, to. I try not to think right. about the passage of time. Almost eight, eight years ago. Yeah, mm-hmm. eight years. Ago. Yeah. Um, they say they, they say that the cast is is good as well. So oh, cool. it's a nice bonus. Um, okay, on to a, a a a lighter and more fun question. Their <laughs> also, word, their, I want to say their words, not mine. Yeah, oh, yeah. Honestly, <laughs> um, if you want to ask us like more serious questions, that's fine. Don't ever think you're bringing the mood down. Yeah. As long as you obviously don't mind us talking about them on where yeah, other people might yeah. listen. I guess. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but yes, a, 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 a final, lighter, more fun question. So, James Workshop has decided to create two new Canon Primarchs to fill oh. up the roster. Okay. And give us a set of 20. So they've asked us um, for help in this monumental task in designing them. So the question is, if given the chance to design the 2nd and 11th Legions, with no restrictions, what would you create? John Burnfield and me. <laughs> okay, well, that, well, the bracket says no snipe. You can't just recreate sna- space wolves. But they, don't, but they don't say that you can't have John Burnfield. Okay, so. she doesn't <laughs> say that I can like not have John Burnfield, and she doesn't say that I can't have the space. Uh, dogs. Space Johns. Space John. Yes, I am the Primarch <laughs> of the Space Johns. <laughs> the Adeptus Benthalus. <laughs> And it's just basically me cloning John Burnfall repeatedly <laughs> because I'm a monster. <laughs> okay, yeah. would would you like me to to like briefly actually uh, a- try and answer this in a slightly less ridiculous manner? No, and it wasn't ridiculous. That's my genuine answer. Um, because the two missing Space Marine legions. The Forgotten and the Purged. Are the Forgotten and the Purged? I, I'm the Purged, definitely. So one of them, one of them, um, is is gone for like, I think it's like Russ was explicit, like the, the the wolves were explicitly used to get rid of them because to disappear them. They dis- got disappeared, and one of them is just gone. So, um, if you kind of go with that sort of, that sort of thing, I, some people like like the idea of making at least one of them to be a female Primarch. Yeah, that was the one that was probably purged because you <laughs> girls. Um, I guess. But I, I, I don't know. Like, um, I feel that you and I are the lost Primarchs, but I'm the purged one for all of my thirst sin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Maybe the one that was was purged was one that was dabbling in in forbidden things. So they John were making. You, you could say that they were making uh, female marines back in that kind of time. Yeah. <laughs> no, they were ma- yeah. they were just making repeated copies were, of the same like actor from two thousand. <laughs> they were all just James uh, James Burthall. James Burthall. Maybe we'll name was, our son. Though. He was he was combined. <laughs> he was the combined love child of of James Workshop and John yeah. Burthall. James Burnfall uh, and their friend John Workshop. Yes. <laughs> so would I want to do kissing with only one of them? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Um, oh, but that, yeah, that's um, broken me. But no, I, I, I find it... It's an interesting thing, but I, I don't really know what I would do with them because the thing with like a lot of the... Um, Make one of them a dinosaur. The, the Space Marine Legions is that they are designed to fill different niches. Uh, and I don't really know what they would, they, what's left for kind of them to fill. Maybe well, my mm-hmm. my Primark's getting her niche oh. filled. Don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, but I quite I quite like because I, I quite like what you said about um, Gilliman last, when we spoke about them last about mm. him coming back and being like, "What the actual fuck have you guys been doing?" 
So I quite like having like an ex having an ex- extra legion being like they're just going around and basically slapping all the other space marines when they do something a bit like more racist than they should be or whatever. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Maybe that's what the purged were. They were a space marine chapter that had actual fucking yeah. morals. Yeah, trying just to not be dicks. Wow, the Imperium is really it's fascist, terrible. you guys. It really. Why are we doing this? Okay, so and, now you're making me want to start another marine yeah. army. And they went to where I'm <laughs> playing as the purge that are basically like, hey guys. The Imperium is fashy, and that's bad. And then Ross was like, I'm a big dingus. And maybe that's it. Maybe that's why they were purged, because they And the other were one not, was a girl. They weren't, yeah. <laughs> Which is just as bad, apparently. Is, no, far worse. Far worse. Oh, yes, you're right. Yeah. Sorry. It feels like false diversity to me. Because <laughs> the other one is forgotten, so, you know. Yeah, one out of 20 is far too many. But I, I actually, you know, actually, right. now you've brought that so up, Matt. So unrealistic. Yeah, now you've brought that up, Matt. I actually really like that as an idea of making the purged be ones who turned against the Imperium, not because they sided with chaos, but they were just like, <laughs> Jesus. the Imperium's shit. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> I actually I actually genuinely like that. Because I think it's because one of my long-term things I'd like to do uh, of, like, collecting 40k armies is to make a Space Marine chapter that that's their thing. They are traitors. Mm. But they're traitors because... The good kind. <laughs> yeah, they're basically like, no, no, we're just... Like, we just think that the Imperium is awful. Mm. <laughs> like, um... Well, that's I, kind of my the- my theme for my genes 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 cult people that isn't at all tyranny. Yeah. They're basically just people who got fed up with the Imperium and trying to get away from them. Yeah. yeah. But no, that that's really cool and yeah. I want to do that now. Like, I don't know what to do for the other one, but no, I, I think that's that's a solid idea that I want to stick with and I, I, I kind of want to... Hmm. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> what's, what's the, what's the next question? Okay, that was so, a good one, ne- though. So next, next up, we're on to Dave. Hello, Dave. So, I do some 3D digital design, including nice. some send-away digital printing, Blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm trying to. It was quite a long email, so apologies. I'll try and paraphrase it slightly. But okay. so they're thinking of getting a resin 3D printer. Ooh. Um, so not with tabletop miniatures as being the primary aim, but as a sort of side bonus, they're they're looking into being able to pr- um, print out and design their own miniatures. Yeah, um, that sounds really cool. So they they were curious about our thoughts as to like you know this in the context of like Warhammer and 40k things. Because the bit that they're um, thinking of that is they're interested in like designing new bits, so they're seeing it more like not like just downloading a model of a dreadnought and printing it in like you know obviously subverting IP and things, which is yeah less of a grey area. Whereas they're like if you're designing your own things, it's more close to like scratch building models, which yeah. is sort of you know a, m- less frowned upon than just stealing copyright or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll um, tell you what, like you should like set up a shop and then print like. James Burnthal heads so I can do my Primark idea and you'll have a customer for life my friend <laughs> but yeah so they were they were wondering um, if, if, if we had any thoughts on home printing gaming miniatures in general and what, where are the lines between scratch building and bootlegging and things like that I, I have some thoughts because um, on, on the one hand of course um, like copyright law is what it is and it is bad uh, it's it's not um, it, it's not particularly designed for the modern age, and three D printing technology in the terms of miniature war games has developed quicker than any company has really been able to like keep on top of, mm. um, and it has led to some very strange situations. Now, of course, legally speaking, 
uh, a, a lot of things that are done are technically illegal. They do technically break copyright. I personally couldn't give a shit because I don't give a shit <laughs> about big companies uh, and their stranglehold over copyright. I don't give a fuck. Um, but, um, <laughs> you know, these things are illegal, like, technically speaking. But there are a lot of grey areas, um, like... You know, Games Workshop seemingly don't care about you making custom shoulder pads for your Yeah, if you wanted things. to make, like, your own custom, like, chapter and you made, like, I don't know... Yeah, and if you're making a, it... A Geralt in the Bath, like, shoulder pad yeah. design, then, I mean, that's a problem in and of itself. And if you're making it for yourself, it doesn't matter at all. Like, mm-hmm. if you're making your own things and just making them from scratch, that's no different to scratch building something, you like, really... It's all about for sale. That's the uh, yeah. where it becomes illegal. That's the tricky part. Um, mm. And especially if you're making your own models that aren't just a replication of something you can buy, then I, I'm I'm all for that. Like you know, make your own fancy things. You know, I don't see an issue with that whatsoever. Mm. Um, but of course, it does lead to certain issues. Like if you want to play them at a games workshop or at tournaments, mm-hmm. because they do have very specific rules. Um, about them and it does lead to some interesting interesting things like I, I remember seeing like an article that was talking about how there was a tournament that was won by someone who had 3d printed fairly badly it should be noted because they were bright green and yeah. they hadn't painted them and they were oh, very okay. they were very 3d printed yeah. um, right. of the big uh, tank that um, custodians can get from Forge world and they like won a tournament using that mm. they had cardboard bases like dude. That's a bit much. And that, like, that's obviously the extreme case on the one end. But really, we are in a situation where, like, the the laws uh, and things are, have not caught up with the reality of what we're in. Um, but if it's just for your own shit, knock yourself out. Do whatever the fuck you want. I ain't going to judge you. You've got 3D printer. Fucking go for it. Miniatures are expensive. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But we can't I mean, officially you, say it. But we can't. Say, but if you <laughs> want to sell them, we cannot say that's a good thing. Because in terms of scratch building things, what rule is it as a rule of thumb that Games Workshop have? Is it like more than fifty percent of the model has to? So there's it, some. If it's scratch there. built, it gets into like I don't think they actually have a rule about scratch building. It's third party miniatures. Yes, third party well, they stuff, have stuff about. that they have a problem. With. Um, and as someone that's done a lot of conversion work and has done a lot of scratch building in my life, like. On the one hand, like it. On the one hand, I do feel a little bit like the skills that I have built up as a scratch builder have sort of been made redundant overnight by three D printing just being superior in a lot of ways. But that's just the nature of any art, like that's medium. That's just that's yeah. just life, really. Things that you were good at will one day be supplanted by something else. You know, that's yeah. just how it goes, unfortunately. Yeah. And it is weird, like, if you, like, coming back to the shoulder pads example you mentioned, if you bought, like, a squad of marines and you custom, like, out of, like, green stuff or something, you, like, sculpted a different shoulder pad with a design on it, they wouldn't ask you, and you said to Games Workshop, I did this, they wouldn't, they'd be like, well, that's fine, because it's just, you know, you've, you've yeah. done this. Whereas if you 3D print that same thing, exactly the same detail, and exactly the same effect, they might, it's like, well, it's exactly the same, you shouldn't have an issue with it, but well, uh, again, it somehow I... seems different. Again, I so. think the big the big thing here is it, it's the difference between did you was this something you bought or was this something you made yourself? Like if you're three D mm. printing it for yourself, I don't think there's ever going to be an issue. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's probably true. Well, so I guess it's it comes down to did you spend less money? Like, if you bought a squad of Marines and you just made different shoulder pads for them, you're still giving Games Workshop the same amount of money, so they probably won't care. Whereas <laughs> yeah, if, you, if, you, if you print enough parts off so you can buy a squad of 10 Marines, but then you can make 20 Marines out of that, they probably will care because you're spending giving them less money than you otherwise would. So that's it, probably what it comes down to. What it boils down to is personal use against sale. Like personal yeah, use, personal that, use, yeah. fine. Sale gets into grey areas. Yeah, basically. I don't know if that answers the question at all. I yeah, but I, I, I paraphrased it on the fly really badly as well. So apologies, Dave. But <laughs> I, I do find it a really fascinating topic because, as I say, the, the technology mm. is is yeah, so yeah, far right. ahead of any laws about it. So. Yeah. I know. I, I I totally want one of those resin printers. They're so cool. Oh, they're beautiful. You can. <laughs> oh, yeah, some beautiful stuff. Our, our, our friend Unity. Um, he's he's um, done a lot of really interesting things. That like his his uh, wood elf harlequins. He's done like little skull masks for them, like uh, like deer antlers and things for them. Oh, and it's amazing. yeah, it's re- you can do some really cool stuff with it. And and yeah, I, I am a as as a, a traditional converter, shall we say? I do get salty sometimes, but I just need to <laughs> suck it up because that's just life. That's how yeah. these things go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, very last question. Okay, cyber sandwich. Sandwich. So, first question to Web. As the de facto overlord of slightly crap British sci British <laughs> sci-fi, you should put that in your Twitter bio. <laughs> How do you feel about Red Dwarf? I unabashedly love Red Dwarf. It is fantastic. Uh, first three seasons, I really, really love. Um, there's something about the kind of uh, melancholic thing to it that is just it, it, it tickles the Britishness in me. I feel. Um, and <laughs> late, later on, up until series six, I still think it's really good, but it's not the same show. It's more of a monster of the week thing, and that's still cool, but it, it doesn't have the same vibe to it. And after that, it's been fairly spotty in quality. Like, season eight is just f- fucking terrible. Um, it's just bad. Um, but, yeah, I haven't seen much of the ones since they came back. Um, yeah, they're still making... Like, they're, they're, yeah. they're filming a series as we speak, basically. Yeah, I've seen a couple of episodes of that. And they seem... They seem fine. Um, they're way better than season eight. Um, better than season seven as well. Um but they they are uh, to be uh, they seem like a lot of retreading the ground of seasons like four to six, kind of retreading mm, okay. that ground a lot. But n- not bad, just fine. But uh, but yeah, yeah. R- original like three series of Red Dwarf, fucking love them. I know that's not always the way people go. A lot of people tend to prefer the Monster of the Week stuff to the early stuff that's a bit more dour. But I happen to just like yeah. the other way around because that's just surprising me, news to no one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right. Uh, second, have any of us seen the Scooby Doo episode where a zombie scar band uses hypnosis to try and revive the genre? No, but that's. I feel basically... like if I'd seen that before, I would have spoke about it. That sounds amazing. I've seen a three-second clip of it. That's like, oh, it's like the the cunning mixture of calypso and mento rhythms. Is is <laughs> I can't resist it. Uh, it's like a, a line that was written by a scar fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes that's all I, I've seen that like four second clip and that's it uh, I should watch it I didn't realise it was a whole episode based around it I thought it was just a one off <laughs> joke in it no I need no, to apparently. see that um, I don't know if it's from old Scooby Doo or new it's from new Scooby Doo it's from the okay. newer stuff yeah I have not seen it it sounds amazing apparently it's surprisingly good 
Um, very last bit. So after hearing Snipe talk about the No Sleep podcast, yeah, they thought they'd recommend the Magnus Archives. Ooh, what's it's that now? Kind of so it's kind of similar with the short horror stories and things, but it also has a very good, if slightly complex, overarching, overarching story and a fantastic cast of characters. Oh, cool! No, I'll definitely and yet, check that out. Apparently, some pretty strong cosmic horror stuff later on. So definitely worth checking out if you're into that kind of thing. Yeah, no, thank you very much for the recommendation. And that is the end of the questions slash recommendations. Oh my goodness, cool. we did it, we live. We, we did, did it, guys. and we, we're done. Oh, and this is the last episode of 2019, so we did it, everyone. We killed 2019. It's it, finally dead! It can't hurt us anymore. Well, I mean, it will. <laughs> I mean, the, will. the reaper will have repercussions okay, for the, years. Okay, the, reper- the repercussions <laughs> of 20... Will, a snake can bite you after it's dead. 2019 is going to be biting us okay, the fucking Okay, the year. repercussions of 2019 are going to reverberate for decades, and we will never be able to undo the damage it's done. Okay, but I was trying to end hopefully. <laughs> um... Yeah, all right. <laughs> but we'll anyway. be able to make hindsight is 2020 jokes oh That's yes that'll true. totally be worth yeah. it and funny um but yeah. with hindsight so, i don't think they're very good no no, no. um so i hindsight guess hindsight is 2021 wait because this will go out after christmas um merry christmas to uh to everyone out if there if you celebrate it if not happy holidays hope you're having a nice festive yes. season happy hanukkah happy kwanzaa happy all of the things that happen around this time of year mm-hmm. happy new year of course as well happy winter solstice um and we hope that 2020 will be better um <laughs> so yeah <laughs> we'll yeah. still be here to complain and talk about dicks and stuff so we aren't going anywhere until the inevitable post-brexit mad max future we have to look forward to and even then we'll try and upload as much as we can. we'll try and upload but we will have to send our podcasts by like giving a flash drive to, a to like a kind of wasteland wanderer who will then wander off and go and like deliver it to a country that isn't making stupid decisions and then they can upload it from their country but they'll probably get snagged halfway and then shot in the head by and someone will tell them that the game was rigged from the start whilst wearing a fancy jacket and then they'll have to go on a whole adventure and go and deal with like wasteland casinos it's a whole thing it's a whole thing oh, yeah, it's a whole but thing. we'll we'll burn that bridge when we come to yes. it yes so <laughs> for now happy holidays and we hope you have a very happy new year thank you <laughs> For just being here with us. I yeah, thank you for listening to this fucking shit ass podcast mm. for another year. Thank you so thank much. Thank you listening. Thank you for listening <laughs> to the podcast, and thank you for your lovely questions. And we we genuinely hope that you have a lovely day and an even lovelier year. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.